Recorded live. Uh, looks like we got some other guys. Yeah, um, this is Blake here. Is that Nick? Uh, this is Brian. No, that was, this is this is John. Yeah, Brian and John. What's up, Blake? Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Good. How are you, man? Sick, man. Thank you. Hey guys, it's Leo. Hey, what's, what's up, up Leo? I'm good. How are you all? Awesome. I think um, Erica said she'd be joining. Um, yeah, and Chris might be. Is he on yet? Chris. Chris isn't on? Yeah, he um, He said he might be on. Um, otherwise, he's got... He's. I think he's like on this massive sourcing kick, so... Oh, yeah. He's Hi, you're kind of busy. Hey. Hey, Hi. Erica. Yeah, I don't know if um, see some no Ben, Matt, um, Galna. I think was she's out of the country, right? She was in uh, Asia. Yeah, Thailand now. Yeah, that's cool. All right, and then Chris might join. So all right, not bad. Um, all right, yeah. So I don't know. We don't really have. Well, we have somewhat of agenda, right? To talk about VAs and stuff. Talked about that. Um. I was just talking to John, so as you guys saw my post, and I was telling John and I were chatting about it before I hit record, but yeah, so gave the notice to my employer today that I'd be quitting, totally blindsided my boss. Yeah. He had no idea. It was, it was funny. I, I I did it under the guise of our monthly, like, meeting of, like, just like, talking about, like, our, we call it a one-on-one, just talking about our pipeline and all this stuff. He had all his reports printed out to go over and stuff, you know, for our meeting. And I just go, hold on, before we go over any of that, I need to tell you something. And the first thing he goes, he goes, are you serious? Yeah, so it's, uh, so I just saw John too. They So they came back with two weeks, so not a month that I kind of wanted. But the more I think about it, I, I bet if I stayed longer than two weeks, I'd be wondering what the hell I was doing. Like, like I could be out, you know, doing so much more right now so uh it's scary it's exciting i, I definitely got to at least double where i'm at now in terms of production so mm-hmm. um you know that and that but i'll be able to do so much more retail arbitrage which i know is not like a long-term goal but for me to start out i mean it's i mean i live in the suburbs of chicago as you guys know so mm-hmm. there are so many places to do so many targets, so many Bed Bath and Beyonds. Which, by the way, Bed Bath and Beyonds. If you guys ever hit their uh, health and personal care sections, there can be some pretty good finds in there. Um, just a little. Effort. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Who I was hit. that that had like twenty five hundred dollars of like one item that they're like practically uh, bought back into production due to their orders? Who was that? Was that Nick? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh yeah, thanks. Nice. Hello, Nick. Um, yeah. So, that was kind of my big thing, but obviously, I don't want to top up me the whole night. So, yeah, I don't know. I appreciate you guys' support. And it's awesome, man. Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, I'm sure I'll be like probably messaging the group, like you know, middle of the day someday. Going, oh, I can't find any items. I'm stuck. I'm 
sucks, but um, I, I know I know we want to talk about VAs, right? Because I know we've definitely got some experiences with that. And then anybody else? What else does everybody else want to cover? And also, does anybody have to leave like earlier or not? not doesn't want to stay on for probably two hours? <laughs> Who wants to cover some things before they get out of here? Well, I would like to have just a few minutes with you guys' time. Um, I posted about this earlier today, but I'm having difficulty getting over, like, the six-item threshold or the $450 threshold and those sorts of things on websites. And so at some, I know we're going to talk about VAs, but if we could talk about that a little bit, I'd love to hear your ideas. Did you contact? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was talking about it now. I mean, it's fine. Oh, yeah, well, okay. I was going to say, first off, what have you, what are the, the things that you've tried or what are the different scenarios that you've tried so far to try and get around that? And then we can kind of go from there. Well, it's almost embarrassing, but I'm going to be real here, right? <laughs> so I've tried different <laughs> card numbers. I've tried uh, the same address just because I don't have anywhere else to ship it. Um, I've gone through, like, my husband as being the customer. I've gone through myself being the customer. And I've tried two different um, of my email addresses and my business name, my name. Like, I'm just trying to do every single variation of myself that I can. And, like, yesterday they flagged me as fraud. And I'm like, oh, crap, yeah, I guess this does look pretty fraudulent. <laughs> but, yeah. You know? So I, I, I've heard, right, and I obviously my, my, my I guess it would be my former full-time job, right, a little bit with just banking and cards and stuff like that. So I've heard that websites will go off of, like, billing. I think it's billing zip code and I think it's or ship to or something like that. So it's no, it's not billing zip code. That would make sense to use different cards. It might be billing address is, like, the the one of the things. So if you could somehow go to, like, you know, an, an, uh, maybe an idea would be, and the thing is, I guess you could update it right away. You you update one of your billing addresses for your credit cards to like either a really good friend's house or a family member's house. It could be another state, obviously. It's just your billing address. If you have paperless statements, yeah. you're really never going to get any mail there anyway for that card. And update that and then still have it shipped to the same place. Or okay. what, if, what if you use like a gift card or a prepaid visa or something like that? Yeah, it would still have the same address unless you just used your name and then mailed it to your um, like neighbor's address. You could do that. Okay. Yeah, it's getting really shady though. Like, um, I would say, like, did you talk to the like president of the company or send them an email and uh, try and talk with you know any higher up people or? Um. No, I did not do that. Um, but I had already gotten like two orders pushed through with this company, and yeah. the third order was about a thousand dollars, and that's when they kicked back. Oh, we've canceled this, um, and it's fraud. So I'm like, I didn't know you had a four hundred fifty dollar limit. So yeah. So, so when, did you call and talk to somebody after it got flagged, and they just told it was fraud, nothing they can do, or did they say they can work around it? Around so, I talked to somebody, and um, I got, you know, the notice that, and the person that I talked to later on wrote me an email, email. and I knew that my order is being canceled and it was fraud, and 
I haven't gone beyond that point. But when I'm seeing, like, especially on cosmetic sites, they limit you to like six items. And so I'm just trying to figure out like a really legit way to not, um, I don't know, just to, to not be what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I thought that I um, watched something that Chris Green had done about it, but I can't remember what it was. So um, the people that I was talking to um, on the phone didn't seem to really um, want to help me much beyond, you know, our limit is 450, sorry, that we're done, you know? What would happen if you did, like, several $400 orders instead? Yeah. I guess I could do that. I think that the thing, though, is the credit card being, um, you know, going over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. Um, do so, they have gift cards for that website? Um, they probably do, but what happens with a lot of the sites that I buy off of, they have flash sales. So I wouldn't, like, the last time they mm. had a flash sale was in August. So I wouldn't want to, like buy, you know, a thousand dollars in their their cards and then wait, you know, mm-hmm. eight months for their next hoopla. So so what Anna, about is it? is this like oh. a is, I'm sorry, is this like a you don't have to give us the site name, we'd obviously don't want you to reveal it. Oh don't course, worry. But is it, <laughs> is it so it's it's like a pretty niche website. It's not like a Walmart dot com or like a very broad yeah. one or okay. And, and honestly, from what I know from, you know, the companies I've directly worked for, I know that, like, sometimes they'll project that they're this huge company, but in reality, it's like, you know, five people working in an office taking calls, right? So mm-hmm. um, it, some of it is kind of hard to, um, to to mask that information. So I don't know. I, I Like, I don't want it to be viewed as fraudulent, obviously, and I'm just trying to I just want to get your product, man. I'm a customer. I'm not asking for any additional discounts. I am buying what everybody else is, but just in bulk. So, yeah, maybe just try calling them and talking to somebody who's in uh, like director of sales or VP of sales somewhere, and and say, hey, I'm a longtime customer. Kind of give them, you know, boast yourself up a little bit. Like, hey, I'm a longtime customer. I spent multiple thousands of dollars on your website. Recently, I've been getting you know, marked as fraudulent purchases when I've been trying to buy more than X amount of dollars. And I was wondering if there was a way we could kind of figure out this so I could continue, you know, um, I could continue our relationship as a, you know, a customer and sales or something along those lines. Kind of yeah. kind of view it as um, they're doing a disservice, almost put the blame on them, like you're doing a disservice to me by not allowing me to give you my money kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Because if they're if they're if they're a uh, um you know if they're a big website or I'm sorry not a, big, a smaller or niche website you know you you know just as John was saying if you throw that out there with a couple thousand dollars I've spent or whatever you know they're definitely not going to probably want to lose that. Yeah, but there's this whole issue of like diversion in the beauty industry that's like a really touchy subject. So. Um, I mean, it's really interesting. It's very polarizing, too. Like, someone like me, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But then, like, when I was actually working in the stores and had people, you know, buying stuff for resale, I remember being so irritated. So um, maybe part of it could be just approaching them and trying to even get their liquidated stuff. 
because I see it often on a lot of the boards I look on, but it's always cheaper when they have these flash sales. So um, obviously, you know, it's being marked up several times somewhere else. So yeah, mm -hmm. I guess just giving them a call and saying, hey, I love your product. It sold amazingly well for me. And, you know, just this month in this one product alone, I have spent like $4,000 and nice. like not a product line, you know, and it's not been directly from the manufacturer, but it's been at different stores I've picked it up at and different random places on online. So, you know, yeah, so that's a good idea. I'm going to go with that, calling them. Yeah, why why not also attempt to get a wholesale account with them? Like yeah. That? Then there would be no limits. You'd be a no-limit soldier, Erica. <laughs> Well, I try and remain pretty limitless in general, but yes, you're right. <laughs> on on that same token, I, I've thought about that, right? Like, there's got to – I don't know how you get to this point or if it's even possible, but, you know, you see a product on clearance on a website, right? And, there, you know, they're just trying to get rid of it. How can you buy, almost bypass that site? And, I mean, obviously we're talking these would be big purchases, but how could you bypass that site? And, and just call somebody, and like I guess it'd be an inventory or some kind of web inventory, somebody like pretty high up, and say, "Listen, how many of these do you have? How many can I get?" And just kind of bypassing the site altogether. It, it's almost more like a liquidation type thing. And but you know, I've um, had a conversation with a former star, Target store manager in the last. I don't know if I posted on this in the last month or two, and. Um, you know, she always said, you know, I always ask if I can negotiate with Target. She said, maybe, probably not, be, maybe not, because they're going to want to see if they can still sell that. Unless they're really trying to get rid of it, they're going to want to still sell that for a little bit of a profit. So I didn't know if anybody even thought about that or heard about that. I mean, I know, you know, it's probably different on the site, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't even know if that's possible. A bigger retail store, probably not. Yeah, some people in the AFT social uh, were saying that they have uh, connections with target managers, and they pull that. Okay. Yeah, I, I've we've uh, or when I've been sourcing at Target, there's been I've probably asked for a discount. I don't know about ten, maybe fifteen different times at various store managers in various stores, and had one manager give it to us one time when we were buying. I don't know, like couple thousand dollars in, in Clarence stuff, and um, almost every other time they've basically said, no, we can't really do it right now, and, and so I've pushed a little harder occasionally, and they basically just kind of give me a walk around of reasons they don't reasons they don't want to do it versus reasons they do. So I think next time I might just have like a wad of $100 bills in my hand and see what they say. <laughs> Hey guys, I just wanted to say hey, I joined in. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Good, we got almost everybody on. This is good. So, um, yeah, that's not how it goes, Erica. That's important stuff that we want you to know. And try the billing address thing. I think, I think that's a big trick, and that should update in your card right away, um, essentially right away or maybe the next day. So, um yeah, I was going to comment on to that. I agree with Ryan. I think that um, could be one of the, the triggers as well. Um, if it's not shipping address, then definitely billing address might be one of the triggers. So a possibility of a workaround of that maybe would, I don't know if you can do a, a billing address as like a P.O. box that's near you or yeah. like one of those uh, 
one of those little UPS uh, go boxes or, or uh, USPS go boxes that they have. Um, yeah. But if that's a kind of a another like third or fourth option is is try one of those as a billing address for a card if you get a new one or something. Or even yeah, those aren't very one. expensive either. So that's are they? Okay, yeah. They're not very expensive at all. No. Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay, I thought you said they are. I was like, oh. No. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, and if they're cheap, it's you know, it's maybe a worth worth an option of of testing out at least. Hey, um, sure. if you use a PO box, um, I use a PO box. You can actually give the address of the post office and then a suite number. So, like, if your post office is one two three Main Street, instead of being PO box eight, you could be apartment eight or suite eight mm-hmm. PO box or uh, one two three Main Street. Yeah, it's residential. Yeah, some places won't ship to a PO box. Oh, yeah, so would that be the way of getting around? Yeah. UPS and FedEx won't ship to a P.O. box, usually. So if you trick them with that, they will? I mean, I don't know if they will, but oh. at least it won't get detected. If you use USPS, it won't get detected that way. Or you can also get a box at, like, the UPS store or FedEx store or a shipping store, and they will at the packages, I'm pretty sure. Yes, they absolutely will. Hmm. Also, um, another option could be like if you're hitting these limits, and if you find out it's the shipping address that's triggering it and not the billing, then you can just get a prep and ship company and send you know half of all the stuff you buy to them, and then half of it to you. Yeah. Um, do you, did you guys talk about whether or not it might be tripping for uh, credit card number? Well, yeah. the thing is, that I I only have so many like I don't have tons of credit cards. I have a debit card, and then I use my PayPal card, and that's it. So I'm not like With, you know floating around. If you have a PayPal card, yeah, I have a PayPal, card. Yeah, have a PayPal, PayPal card. card. yeah, you go into PayPal, Google it. There's a way to make a one-time use credit card number with PayPal cards. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. I use it all the time when I want to buy stuff from websites I'm not 100 percent on, and that's it's free. Great. Yeah, they give oh. you a fake card number to use, and they're uh, valid for like 24 hours, and they're one time use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good to know, but you still might run into the billing unless you could switch your billing real quick with PayPal. Just like you might run into the billing issues. So, yeah, I guess it's gonna be trial and error, Erica. And unfortunately, you don't yeah. want to go too much. You can have uh, up to 10 billing addresses in PayPal. Look at that! Look at Chris with all the answers tonight. <laughs> I used, I've been using PayPal forever. Um, I, I, actually, I'm sure a lot of people have, but I've been using it for business stuff and run into this problem before. So you make a fake address or just use a different address, use a fake card number, and a different shipping and billing address. And it's real easy. Huh. Sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, keep us posted, Eric, on how that goes. No, don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and let's. Someone mentioned. So someone mentioned like right there, prep and ship. And I don't. I don't think Ben's on tonight. He's one of the only ones we're missing. I think. But um, I know. I think him and I had traded back some messages about he was going to start using a prep and ship service. Has anybody else? Does anybody else use one? Or <laughs> 
No, but that Prime Zero Prep has been getting a lot of uh, traction lately. They, well, they were they generating a lot of bugs just in the group. They, I think last time they closed off to new people. Well, that's when I looked. Um, I don't hmm. know. I heard saw people like getting into like yesterday or today. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It kind of scares me though with brand new people. I mean, I guess you're gonna find that. Um, with uh, with any service because it's hard to get into the current ones. You know, brand new ones are kind of scary. Are they going to be as good? Are they going to be, uh, um, I, I guess, be able to handle the demand? If they're growing super quickly, um, are they going to be able to do that? But that's something, like, I've thought about personally. Um you know, using because I'm actually going to be going on vacation in May, right? And I do a lot of online arbitrage. So I'm actually going to start in May probably for a couple weeks. Probably the week before I leave, all my orders will be shipped to a prep service. That way, when I'm gone, I know that my business is still running, not just sales, but also getting stuff in. And then also... A lot of these places are located in sales tax-free states, so websites that won't allow you to use a tax um, tax exempt status, right, on their site, like you know, some of the smaller mm-hmm. ones or something like that. You, it actually, I think I, like in Illinois, the general Illinois um, online sales tax was like six and a quarter. So uh, if, if an item is going to be like, I think I can't remember what it was, like thirteen bucks. It actually makes sense to pay the prep fee. Uh, it, it breaks even, right? So mm-hmm. the prep fee would break even with the sales tax. At that point, you're just you're gaining time, and there's no out-of-pocket cost. So that's like a big like strategy shift for me. Like higher-cost items, it definitely would make sense to kind of move these towards another um, like a prep service. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize the pricing on that. That's great. Yeah, and you could still do a a, a sly um, after the fact, uh, though you'd be entitled to it um, uh, to get your. Um, actually, never mind, because you'd already not be taxed. So it's to get tax exempt, sorry. Yeah. So that's just something that I'm going to keep an eye out for, and maybe Ben can give us some more feedback once he starts using one. Um, all right, let's go to the hot topic tonight, right? VAs. Tonight's hot topic. We like little uh, bumpers and intros. <laughs> hot topic. Um, so, all right, so I'll, maybe I'll just go first. And I, I have one just a, a little bit longer than everybody. So, CJ, I think we had a last call, right, when I yeah, was hiring her, right? Hiring, like yeah. for two days in? So it's yeah. been maybe um, like three or I don't know, three weeks maybe now. Cool. But it's going great. Um, so uh, I've had a few, like, scary moments. Uh, one day she didn't give me the list <laughs> until, like, 10 a.m. our time, my central time. And so that in the Philippines, that's 12 midnight that's there. And I'm like, oh, my God, she quit. She's done. And, you know, I'm, like, freaking out at work. I'm checking my email inbox. And, of course, it came, like, at 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning, which I didn't even say anything to her about it because – I didn't have time to look at the list that morning anyway before I left for work. So 
Um, there was that, and then on Monday it just happened, right? So Monday, uh, so th- they're Monday, but it's Sunday night for us at 10 o'clock for me at Central Time. It's noon there. We have a Skype call, just a, a quick audio Skype call to talk about any like new things or maybe some new tasks for the week. Um, and she missed it. She wasn't. She didn't show up. Wasn't on Skype. Couldn't get over email, chat, anything. And so I'm like, oh gosh, didn't hear anything. The whole next day, obviously it's nighttime now. So again, I'm freaking out. Oh, she quit. You know, she's done. And uh, no, she actually left. I knew I knew she was leaving town that weekend. She told me that. And so I guess she missed her flight. And uh, I don't know if she didn't have a way to get a hold of me, but she's like in an airport for like a day. She said. Uh. So yeah. So I mean, it was like totally legit. You know. Um, you know. On, she's like, oh, you know, obviously no pay yesterday. You know, whatever. And. Uh, you know, it's fine. Things happen to employees. But other than that, guys, it's going really well. Um, I have added some tasks for her. I've had her doing some other things, um, filling out some, like, Excel sheets that I have my replenishables in, so items that I deemed are replenishables. I actually have her go and plug in all the sales, like, the last three, seven, 30 days, or seven, 14, 30 days. And then that way I can kind of calculate how many days of coverage I have left on those items. I know Amazon has reports for that, but they don't do it for all your items, which is frustrating. Like they're, uh, they call it weeks of coverage or something like that. Um, they only do it for select items, which is frustrating. So I'll refill that in, and I'll wake up, and I'll know what to order, like on Mondays, which is awesome. So um, it's been going really well and is I think what Nick mentioned it right Nick you yeah. I think might have been the next person but you know it kind of opens your eyes and you realize that there's a lot more opportunities and there is time for your VA to source and so it's kind of crazy in that regard so I'll let somebody else I mean we can all kind of share experiences but Nick if you want to go next I think you were next on the VA kick right uh yeah so I guess I got mine what like a week after yours Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so Daniel, uh, I got him, uh, what, this is the second full week, I think. So I got him on a Friday. It was his first day. And actually, the first day, um, I emailed him some stuff. Like, he contacted me that morning. And, uh, you know, just to, to touch base, and I talked to him a bit. Um and then he went about sourcing whatever, and I sent him an email or two with some questions and different things. Like, you know, I made up a whole list of questions for him to go through and answer because I know nothing about him. And I didn't hear back from him until uh, either late that night or the next day. Like, he submitted his sourcing list to me at about 5 or 6 p.m. my time, um, and then I got a response from him later. And basically he was saying that he had a something came up and he had to go to the bank. Anyway, you know, that was like the first day. So that was kind of kind of scary. We're like, I didn't hear from him, I don't know, how long, eight hours or something, 10 hours or until the next day uh, when I tried to contact him. So I don't know if that was totally legitimate or something else was going on. But every day since then has been okay. Like pretty much every day on the dot, five uh, to 6 a.m., I get a list of about 14 to 15 products that he sourced. Um, and you said that's about the same for you, right, Ryan? 
Yeah. Uh, mine, you're talking about the number you got? I didn't hear what the number you said. Yeah, just the number of uh, products daily. I usually get 14 uh, to 15. Yeah, I would say it ranges. If I ever do other tasks, it would be less than that. So, yeah, I would say 10 to 14 would be normal for me. Okay. And and I've and I've and also what I've done is given feedback off of like especially the first few weeks I put a, a, another Excel column in and I would put notes in on why I did buy something or why I didn't buy something like hey this is hazmat actually or um you know this is uh uh you know this ROI would be she doesn't calculate inbound shipping which I need to have her start calculating because that can drastically change like a heavy item, right? We all know that. If it's close, mm-hmm. like I, I don't do anything less than 50% ROI. If it's she calculates it at 55 and it's a heavy item, there's no way. It might be like 40%, so I won't even buy it. But I think she's kind of learned, too, to get a little more quality. Right, yeah. So I, I did kind of the same thing with the first couple of lists. I went through and did extensive feedback on why I did or didn't buy something, and then wrote them a really long email explaining some stuff. I linked them some videos. Because um, I don't know about uh, CJ, but my guy, Daniel, it's like, you know, he was trained to find products under a certain rank, and so he'll find those, but he doesn't take uh, sales rank history into account. And so that's what I really got to train him on. Because he'll send me stuff that has, like, no sales rank history at all, or you know, I might have like two reviews, but no history. It might be suppressed by Amazon for some reason. Uh, do you get that as well, Ryan? Um, yes. And so what I started actually doing is for items that look really good, and this is good for everybody to know, right? Items that look really good. I've actually had her start a separate sheet of I don't buy them, but we're gonna track this in Camel, Camel, Camel. So I created like kind of a joint Camel, you know, CCC. Call for short, a joint CCC account, and then I'll have her start tracking it under that CCC account. And oh, nice. what that does, so I, I looked at the CCC settings and I kind of read up on it. If someone's tracking it, it updates the Amazon information every like six or eight hours. If no one's tracking it, but I think someone's like searched for it recently, they might update it every, I think it was like every day and a half or a couple days. So you're going to get much more fine-grained data, and this is a good I didn't know this at all. So I'm like, oh, this is huge. If you track an item, if you if no one's tracking it, you or anybody else, you're going to get wild data. And now that makes sense, right? We've all seen those graphs yeah. where only every couple of days, like, this doesn't make any sense or this doesn't look right. But if you're tracking it, you're going to get much clearer data, more, you know, much more clear data. So my point is, I've set a reminder then, like, you know, uh, 15 days out or every 30 or 15 days, I can't remember what it was, to go into that list and look those items up and then see what their actual sales rank is. Because now I have a history. I'm like, okay, this one is selling really well. Or this right. one is garbage. So that's just good to know. And you guys might want to start doing that with your VAs or in general, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm going to start tracking everything now. I had no idea that there was a difference. I'd... I yeah. did know that, like, if nobody had looked it up on Camel before, that it wouldn't have any history. But I didn't know there was a difference between tracking or non-tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And then I think, so then, uh, I believe we had a, a group buy on a VA. Is that correct? Yes. 
All right, so it was what, Chris, Leo, and Erica? Yes. All right. Or a or ACL, however you want to refer. Oh, it. ACL. That's right. Team <laughs> ACL. Team Cal. Team Lack. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. Team ACL got a VA. How is that going or gone? Do you guys want me to uh, talk because I'm the one that's talked to her? Sure. Okay. Yeah, um, and then Leo and I might say something different from our end. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, unfortunately, ours is going okay. You guys seem to really be going real well with yours. Ours is kind of okay. Now, we've only been with her for about three days now. I think so. Um, mm-hmm. And when I talked to her on Skype, um, she really just did not seem to care. Um yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't really happy about it, but she sent us some stuff. There were a few errors. Uh, Leo actually spotted some big, well, some errors. Um, Actually, Erica spotted an error right now um, where she had listed the wrong item. So basically it was like an item that it was $11 on a website, and she thought it was $35 or so on Amazon. It was a great buy. Uh, but it actually was $5 on Amazon. Yes, yeah, same thing happened on that. $5. Uh, am I right on that, Erica? Something like that? Um, yeah, your payout would have been $4. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. So uh, I would have lost $7 for each item. Um, so it, um, it's going okay. I need to, um, me uh, and Erica and Lee are going to do a, a Skype chat, I think maybe uh, Friday, to talk, and then I'm going to talk to her about her week. I kind of wanted to go for a week and then go back and say, hey, here's what was good and what was bad. Um, there were some issues with sourcing clothes also. So we're going to try to get a hold of this. I went through the Chris Ducker website and got some information like how to kind of try to try to get this kind of back into uh, – working a little bit better. But it's working okay so far. How many um yeah. about how many products is she finding for you guys per day? And then about out of those, how many are buys on average? Like for me, if Daniel's finding fourteen products a day, I'm only buying maybe two because like you said, there's errors or you know they miss something or there's something slightly off. Well we're splitting the list. So, like, today was Leo's list. I did look through, Leo, I, I hate to admit this, I did look through your list. <laughs> I, I wanted to check everything. I wanted to make sure. There was a couple items, Leo, did you see the one item, uh, the best item on your list was sold out? Yeah, no kidding. No. Yeah, it was, I would have sworn it was a 256%, oh, a 243% ROI sold out so <laughs> but um, yeah, 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 yeah but I've, I've had that happen. I mean that could just be yeah. a case of the VA source that it's there and by yeah. the time you right. guys look at it it's not right yeah right. no that's totally true I, I looked through Leah's list I looked through my list and I looked through Erica's list and I would say um, on my list I bought two items um, on Leah's list I would have bought three items um not including the, I would have bought four items off of Leo's list, except for the one was out of stock. And off Erica's list, a lot of it was clothing and shoes, so I didn't really have a good uh, idea of what I would have bought off that. 
Why do well, guys... in, in terms of the shoes that I honed in on from, from that list, it would have cost me like, so much more because they were like men's vans or something like that. It would have cost me so much more in shipping, and that's where that shipping element comes in where the ROI may look great, but when it's going to cost me so much more to ship it in, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Why are you guys? Why don't you guys? Um, this is me playing devil's advocate or just a recommendation or not. You probably talked about this. Why don't you just each get the list each day? I mean, I, I, this comes from me using daily source list, where six, you know, which I've canceled since I've gotten the VA, by the way. So I was, but you know, it's either 60 people or 25 people get each list each day, and you know, you just face that competition. Why don't you guys all just share the same list each day? Because I guarantee you, yes, there's going to be some things you each buy, but there could be some things on Chris's list that he doesn't buy, but Erica could really want, or Leo, you know, vice versa. You know, have you thought about we're gonna, that? We're going to talk that more out on our Skype call to kind of rotate things a little bit better. You but, know? But, I'm, but I'm saying instead of rotating, why don't you just all get, share the, the, every day's list together? And, and yeah. you, know, you don't have to communicate, you know, obviously you don't want to price collude, right, for... I mean, I understand, though. I don't know. I guess I, I well, guess it's good it's for though. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> well, I would have I would have no problem saying, hey, Leo, I know it's your day. Are you going to buy that? If not, I will. So I don't have a problem doing that, you know, or Chris. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll probably want to talk that out because the way that we're doing it does seem a little uh, obtuse. So I do want to kind of work things out a little bit differently. But that's something we'll have to, you know, figure out when we talk on Friday. Okay, so something I've noticed, too, which is really important, um, is that I've my VAs found items, um, and when I looked them up, there are no, like, no competition or great ROI. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is great. But then when I, okay, so I buy a bunch or I buy some, send them in, and then I look later, and there's a bunch of sellers in the item. So I was like, you know, it was one of my biggest concerns of getting the VA was like, okay, great, great, they're going to share the list with all these people, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know if she's giving the list to the people. So I'm like, oh, great, that's happening. So I asked her to call. I'm like, so are you getting these leads from anywhere else? Are you, you know, are you, are you oh, how do I say it? Are you share, not sharing it? Is that, are you getting these from any websites? Or do you share them with anybody? Or, like, you know, kind of trade them? She's like, and she kind of, like, didn't take it just to the way in her voice. Like, no, no, you know, like, definitely not. Um, I think what's happening is when she's sourcing, like, from Walmart, what's happening is it could be an item that's listed, like, at the top of that new category page. And other VAs are in there, other people are in there. You know, it's a big market, and I think a lot of people are just buying them. But that's my thought. Has anybody else run into that yet? Well, yeah. I mean, you you remember, um, Ryan, you and I had that conversation. That was one of my concerns, and I asked you, and, and then I ended up emailing Eric, the owner of TrainVAs.com, directly and asking him point blank. I wasn't, you know, I was pretty direct about it, you know, and, and kind of described that scenario and what, what kind of, um, you know, what kind of systems or, or um, you know, things does he have in place in terms of agreements with his VAs that they don't engage in that kind of activity that, that you're describing. Because I think ultimately, you know, if, if that were discovered, obviously, you know, the integrity of his business would be destroyed. 
because obviously what you know the 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 huge benefit of a VA is uh, at least one that is sourcing for you is having access to those products that they find exclusively. Now, you know if they found it, anyone can find it, but it's certainly more exclusive relative to you know uh, a list that goes out to 60 people, let alone something that's posted you know in a in a Facebook group that has a thousand people. Uh, and, and and I shared with you, you know, the email he sent back. You know, he was very direct. He was very, you know, he seemed very earnest and sincere that, um, you know, that is not something that he's ever experienced. That's not something that's allowed um, and uh, did not think that that's anything that's, that's taking place. So, yeah, I think we have to be vigilant, but at the same time we have to realize this is just one VA finding something on a website. Um, it's it's exclusive to you, but it's not exclusive to the universe of every other VA that is going through the exact same procedures to to find uh, products themselves. You know, I wonder if you were really suspicious of that happening, if you could just look, you know, if you looked through what was being sold, if you noticed like, hey, it, I keep running into the same people competing on the same items over and over again. True. You know, but I, I mean, I see that happen with like even uh, target clearance items. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I kind of agree with you that it's probably just happenstance. Random. Yeah, because because actually that's one of them. A target, it was a target clearance item, and now there's like, you know, I I foolishly I guess bought. I realized that I think I'm going too deep on these items. Um, I think I bought like 18 of them, and they're like 10 bucks each, so it's 180 bucks, right? But now there's like all these people on the listing, and it's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm kind of kicking myself. Well, I think we know that. I mean, at least, you know, from what I've seen, you know, um, targets put, you know, kind of a lot of products uh, that are, that they put on clearance are put on clearance, you know, nationwide. You know, it's not just one store having surplus of something. But for some reason, there's a closeout, or you know that uh, there's you know just for whatever reason they they'll you know if, if one store is putting it on clearance, there's there's a there's a decent possibility that that same item is appearing on the clearance end caps of every target in the country. So I think that definitely explains why you see you know what you see um, with this. You know I think it's there's it's not going to happen as often. But let's face it, these VAs go to, um, you know, the clearance section and the sales section of their, you know, the websites they choose. One great thing, that, and I've just noticed this in the last three days, and Chris, you may have mentioned it to me before, um, but, you know, they seem to, um, they seem to search, and Chris, that's actually one thing that I'd love to, to get her to, um, to provide us is just a complete list of every website that they check. And, you know, maybe they don't check every single website every single day. I but, have an um, answer to that. But, oh, you have? Okay. But, but anyways, just to, just to finish my thought, um, you know, I've already seen websites on the list, and it's again, it's only been three days, that I've never heard of. Now, whether yeah. or not it pans out and, you know, there are good sources, obviously too soon to tell, but, um, you know, I think they have access to, uh, well, I guess everyone has access to it, but they certainly 
um, seem to check websites that are way off my radar screen. So you know that alone is is just kind of a it, it expands the pool beyond what a typical RA person it does, right? Which is Walmart, Toys R Us, Target. Well, you know if they're if they're looking at websites that are you know very obscure, then the chance of competition obviously is less. For sure. If she was giving us a list every day that had like Target and Walmart on it, I'd be like, okay, come on, girl. Let's right. do something else here. But that has you know what, case. I agree you know with what you. she's doing? She's using um, an app in Chrome called Silent Hand. Hmm. So, so I looked it up. I looked up some of the buys in Silent Hand, and it looks through like two or 300 different obscure websites to find the stuff. And I looked through it, and I found where she probably got there from Target um, or Walmart's website, and then got through Silent Hand. So, like on Target, it might be forty bucks, but on Silent Hand, they found some you know random website with it for nineteen ninety nine. Kind of like Price Blink in a way. Yeah. Um, is that Invisible Hand? Invisible Hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that so, so one thing that we've decided to do, just because I think it, it's three of us and we're sharing it and it's kind of, you know, um, dipping our toe in the water, so to speak, is I think unlike, uh, you know, you, Nick, and Ryan, seem to um, seem to be looking to uh, expand, you know, the the type of activities that you have your VA doing beyond just retail arbitrage, certainly. Uh, excuse me, beyond um, online arbitrage, into other parts of your business um, to you know kind of help you um, with with other parts of your business. We on the other hand have kind of decided, look, this is you know if we need other help for other parts of the business, um, maybe that's down the road, and maybe that will be another VA. But for now, let's um, ensure that this VA does exclusively. Um, online arbitrage, arbitrage, and try and maximize her efficiency and her ability to do it. So I think there's a lot of upside potential um, to just completely uh, having her focused on nothing but you know online arbitrage. But certainly, just again, it's it's unfair to say to, to really come to any conclusions based on just three days. But yeah. I don't know very much about online arbitrage, and you know some things were pretty obvious to me that she just is scratching the surface. I mean, like I said, I, I've learned more from, you know, Facebook post um, exchanges that Nick and I have had um, than what she seems to know, at least what she's putting into these initial spreadsheets. So it's a little concerning, but, you know, at least it's it's further along the road than just finding someone, you know, random on your own through Odesk or something. I do have to say, overall, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. That's good. It, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. Are you, are you happy with it? I'm a little, uh, again, I'm very unfair of me, and, and you know, I probably, so, so I'll, I'll just use, I'll, I'll have that caveat. It, it, it's unfair to come to any kind of negative conclusion so early on. I guess just... Mm-hmm. Over over a couple, you know, over the first couple of days, um, like I said, it seemed to be like just scratching the surface, and none of the deeper, none of the deeper dive, none of the deeper analysis, none of the historical kind of thing that you would want to 
make sure because I've got no problem going into um, a, a buy. Like I said, if if it's you know like uh, like like Ryan, we're at fifty percent, but fifty uh, percent of ROI is the bare minimum, and it can quickly be chipped away if you start find, if if you don't take into account things like shipping, things like sales tax, um, things like weights, you know, et cetera. Um, and you know that requires, I think, a, a slightly deeper level of analysis that I've seen so far. But again, I think we've got plenty of time to, okay. you know, in, enhance what she's doing. You know what I want to see that I think maybe we all are looking to get at is if you um, look at uh, Scandroid Pro's website, they have a feature called Scanalyze. I don't know if anybody's used that, but it pulls up historic pricing for the products, and it would probably be a lot better than what they're using now, the uh, FBA fee tool. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know if, if on her browser, if she has all the extensions that we all know and and use, you know, whether it's Camel, 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 whether it's Price Blink, whether it's even, the, the, e, even if it's the calculator, even if it's the Amazon, uh, Amazon um, uh, fee calculator, because that kind of goes to Erica's um, issue of, of weight and for the shoes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, again, if that's all she's doing, so it kind of goes back to my original point, uh, Nick and and, um, and Ryan may have their VAs do other things, but if it's wholly and exclusively online arbitrage, there should be kind of, a, you know, a deeper level of analysis that kind of gets into those yeah. things to kind of make those spreadsheets Fine-tuned, tailor-made to you know, kind of our specific um, criteria. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that further on Friday after we can think about it a little bit more to figure out uh, what's going to be the best way to go with it. Well, and I'll and I'll. Um, so, Leo, I definitely echo what you're saying, right? Because I also, and Nick, I want you to opinion on this too. I, I definitely have to go in. And do a, a little, especially at first, I had to do a lot more research. I had to feel like I had to research the whole product again to to buy it if I was going to buy it because sales tax and inbound shipping could kill you. Right. Um, and that's something I've thought about integrating into the sheet. Inbound shipping would be easy because that's just a calculation, the fee calculator. But then sales tax would kind of be a wild card if you need a list. But I thought about, I had my VA put together a list, an Excel or Google Sheets list of all the sites he sources from. And then that's easy just to create another column and put what the sales tax would be for me in Illinois. And that way she can actually factor that into the cost when she's calculating it. Um, and that's just kind of one of those things you got to improve. I actually spent last week, my VA had a set template of how she was putting products together on a sheet. And it worked well, but it just didn't like flow with what I was like used to looking at. Because she's using daily source list every day, I'm like, okay, I kind of want these things next to each other. I want the ace in here next to the, you know, I want the buy cost over here next to the profit, you know, just so I can see everything really quickly and easily. So I, I think it's just all improvement, like just getting better at it and just, you know, making small adjustments, constantly tweaking it, getting better. And I think it's good feedback too for the VA. I mean, I was, I started using a. Uh, uh, a program called Slack, uh, which is like a instant message or uh, like a chat client for companies. You can get really crazy with it, do a lot of powerful stuff with them. Like, oh, I'm going to start using this for my VA. 
And I asked her what she thought of it. She's like, I don't know. It's like one more extra thing because we're using Asana for project management and tasks. We're using email. <laughs> and there's Gchat and Skype. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is We don't need Slack. This is like, and I'm glad. She like was honest with me. It's like, that, you know, it seems like a little much. I'm like, you're right. So we'll just use Gchat. Um, and we use Skype for audio calls. But, I mean, so I think it's constantly tweaking. <clears throat> was one of the things I was going to mention with that. I don't remember. Oh, um. I have been so all anybody else, anybody else want to comment on that before I I'm kind of switching gears with my VA, but I want to or I'm still on my VA. I want to talk about something else. Anybody else want to jump in with anything? No. Okay. Um, so I have been uh, having my VA do other tasks, and um, it's kind of again. It's I talked about the replenishables item. It is kind of like mind blowing. Like okay, I can have her do this stuff, but it is daunting to train them on it. So I will give you guys a couple tools that I've used. One is called Jing, uh, which you may have heard of, J-I-N-G. And that, and the other one's called Tiny Take, is the one I found. <laughs> I like, what what they do is they just screen capture five-minute videos max of your screen. You can narrate it. So that's how I've watched my VA through a new tasks. It's kind of nice. There's a five-minute time limit on it because you're not getting into, like, some crazy 30-minute, like, here's how you do this. And, like, I will literally record one of those and, like, just upload it to Google Drive, which we share, and I'll be like, okay, watch this video, and I'll tag, and I can actually, we use Asana for task management, which is another whole other conversation, but um, I'll, I'll attach it to Asana, and I'll say, okay, this is the sheet I want you to use, this is how you're going to use it, watch this video, and she does it. That is awesome. So nice. um, try that kind of stuff. Uh, the thing I have, the issue with Jing is it records a file in the SWF file, which I believe is a flash file. So Tiny Take does an MP4. So that's what it, and Tiny Take is a little easy, it seems a little more intuitive. So um, it's a free app for your uh, PC, I guess. I don't know if you're on Mac. You might be different, obviously. Um, this is PC. But, yeah, so that's awesome. It's cool to have those tools and, I'm gonna have her start listing eBay items for me. I have I just actually as we're talking I've been boxing a box of unfulfillables. I've just had scattered in my basement. I'm like, these are just money sitting here. I'm not doing anything with, so I need to put them on eBay. Ryan, when when you have those tapes, when you have when you make those little videos, do you email them to her or do you like upload it to Dropbox? I upload it to Google Drive. We we were using Dropbox. Um but I just wanted to simple so I I got kind of crazy. So I created a Google Apps account for my corporate, for my LLC. Um, so I gave her an email for the company. And we use Google Apps, like, you know, professionally. So we share a Google Drive account. And I know that seems maybe it's probably a little overkill for, like, one VA. But the idea is that you've scaled this. If I borrow another VA or another, like, local employee or even a virtual employee in the U.S., that's when it gets easier is when everybody's all start talking together on the same platforms. So when you have that third or fourth employee. So I figured start using that stuff now. As I mentioned, I use Asana for um, like a project management tool. There's a lot out there. I know Ben, I don't think Ben joined, but he was. He said he was going to join, I think, on the group. Um, I just saw recently. But um, Ben has used a lot of them, too. Asana, I mean, it's just essentially like Basecamp or there's a bunch of other ones, but... 
it allows you just to kind of create tasks, attach files from Dropbox, Google Drive into that task. You know, so I her source list every day go on Asana, and she she assigns it to me to review. Um, and then if there's other tasks, she assigns it back to me to review. And it just I don't know, it just works well. It's all one interface. Um, what is that called? That's a Google service, you said. Uh, it's not, but it, it attaches. It, you can use it with Google Apps. It's called Asana. A S A N A. Okay. And, and so that's where you drop. You said you you drop the videos in Google Drive, or are you dropping them in there? Uh, so I drop them in Google Drive, and then I create a task in Asana where I can attach them to. Okay. So that way, you know, email can get crazy, right? When you're, you know, you guys might have found this too with your VA. Like, emails can get really long, and you can put a thousand different tasks in them. And I feel like it's not, I kind of separate things out. We can comment on tasks. I can see what she's, like, kind of like almost like a Facebook thread. She can comment on it. I can comment on it. Um, yeah, so then when she opens Asana, that's her work kind of flow for the day. She sees, okay, Ryan's uploaded a new task for me. Let me see what it is. Okay, he says to watch this video and attach it to the Google Sheet. Then she just clicks those links in the task, and it opens Google Drive right to those files. Got it. Is that a free service? Yes, Asana is uh, free. Google Apps, uh, I think it's $5 per user per month, so 10 bucks a month. Um, okay. But you don't need to use – you could use just, I think, Gmail, and you know you could just use your standard Gmail account for now. I don't think you need to have a apps account. All right. Yeah, I know with Google Drive, like you can share folders with other people and share access to it. Yeah, and the other thing, really, we were using Dropbox at first. I would leave sourcing thing. I would leave files open on my desktop, uh, you know, for like a day, and then she would like I think try to access them and couldn't because well she could, but there'd be a conflict then because of syncing with uh, Dropbox. So I, that's why we switched Google Drive too, just to make it easier, you know. Sure. Yeah, my guy, I've got um I've just got him sourcing. I haven't given him any other tasks cuz it it seems like he's he's not very responsive. I'll send him an email or ask him to do something, I won't hear back from him, you know, for for hours. Um so I don't know what exactly is going on there, but uh if that's something that won't change, then, you know, I'll just leave him just do sourcing and I'll probably use Jing like you mentioned. I heard uh Chris Ducker mentioned that a bunch in the book. I'll probably do that to do some screen sharing to try to teach him how to go a little more in-depth in sales rank history and stuff like that. And then probably just leave him at that and then maybe get another VA at some other point to do other tasks and more sourcing. But Did you, um, do you ever have a Skype audio call with your guy, Nick? I actually haven't because that was the first thing I wanted to do. But he said he doesn't have a microphone that's working or a camera. Uh, so I didn't. We've only talked over text, and we did the chat through Skype. But I was thinking about asking him or trying to find out how much a camera would cost over there and then just send him the money so he could buy it. Um, so really, you know, I need to actually talk to him. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, and I've thought about that too for my – she mentioned something about her webcam wasn't working, and we just do audio. I'm like, I mean, as much as video – it just you get a lot more personal if you can do video. Um and I think that would just really help. And so I've even thought about that for my VA. Like, do I just buy her, like, a cheap webcam, you know, like, in the States? Hey, our VA's, 
our VA's webcam's broken. I think every VA's webcam is broken. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I think for them, it's probably like a, a privacy thing because I actually had some. I've got some friends that run a really popular RV parts website, and they actually had a bunch of VAs doing customer service, and they went through a couple different services. I think in India, possibly the Philippines, and in the services, like you know, they found where some of the VAs started slacking off. So then they had software like they could watch them all day long, but then they would find that the VAs really don't like that. You know, they don't like someone looking over their shoulder or looking at their screen all day. Yeah, so like every other job on the planet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably what it is with these VAs, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. So Maybe they're just I'm, all really, really ugly, and that's why they have virtual assistant jobs. We're <laughs> hiring the ugliest people in the Philippines. Terrible. Oh, good stuff. So, um, right, we can keep on this train. Anybody else want to? Hey, hey, John, if you're on the call, you want to talk a little bit about Ryan's? Uh, book, and where's the discount for the mastermind group? I put it on his thread. I, I didn't get out there yet. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even get the discount. Oh, man, <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I, uh, I was a proofreader for it. Um, nice. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen it, Ryan put out a book um, titled Outsourcing Sourcing, basically going through the, the step-by-step uh, motions that he's gone through um, having friends and family and and relatives source and ship products for him and kind of work alongside or separately in different locations to uh, to sell product for him based on a commission structure. And uh, I think it's pretty good, um, especially if it's uh, something that you're trying to look to expand to your business is adding in some extra to shopping help and and uh, his guide kind of goes pretty in depth into uh, how to make that possible and in, in like in the safest manner possible. And one of the main reasons I liked it, I mean, I'm a little different because I've kind of seen all of it firsthand or been involved with some of it firsthand. Um, but unlike a lot of the different guides and books and theories out there, it's not like, oh, if you do this, this type of stuff could possibly happen or this might happen. It's it's not. Um, it's not based on theory, it's based on experience. So it's not like the Charlene Anderson uh, book that uh, Blake bought. Oh, God. Dude, uh, no, it's not, it's, not like, it's not a book that says uh, how, to, how to buy wholesale. Call people up and then ask them if you can buy from them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets pretty <laughs> specific in like, how he uh, pays them and, and, and what they do. Hey, did he does he go into uh, having people uh, prep shipments for? Um, I don't know how. I don't remember if he goes deep into how many people he has prepping. Um, no, about how I think it's hiring people to prep. How? Sorry, you were breaking up there. I couldn't hear you. Does he? Yeah. Does he go into hiring people to prep, or is it all? Oh. Um. It a little bit of both. I think it's more based on the idea of uh, getting comfortable with people spending your money. Um, 
but it goes. Let me. I want to pull it up right here. I don't want to give you a wrong answer. Um, you just email it to me. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I was. I was eyeballing that, and uh, I'm going to be having my niece, I think, help me with some shopping soon, and I was going to purchase that because uh, I'm sure it is a great product. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was um, a good book. Um, so here, let me – I'll kind of give you a quick – I have my room. I have my door closed, so you can't hear me giving away any secrets. <laughs> <laughs> he has your room bugged. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I got a camera in there, John. That's what's out, man. Yeah. There you go. I'm gonna be filing a uh, a renter's grievance. <laughs> 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 so kind of a, just a brief little rundown of some of the table of contents. It's you know why you should hire somebody outsource. Who 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 should you hire? Some of the specific buying guidelines that he gives them on how to do that. Um on like what aspects they should purchase on, um, tools within the process, how to train them, and that's it. So not as much into how to train them to prep and package, um, more so just on the aspects of actually going out and buying. I think the prepping and packing stuff is, the teaching of that is a little bit easier than the than the buying aspect. I think the buying aspect takes a little bit more of the the mental aptitude to just kind of wrap your head around first that this is possible and second of, you know, the knack for getting, for scanning stuff. Yeah, John, a side topic that's related to this. Did Ryan mention um, why or why not he would be um, possibly selling his book on Amazon? Did he specifically mention that to you? I, he didn't. Um, mainly, I think, because since it's just a, a starter book for him, I didn't. I don't think he wanted to to just throw it out on Amazon first rather just sell it through his website. Um, but I, I imagine he'll put it I imagine he'll put it out on Amazon in the future. They also take quite a larger cut it is of the insane. fees. Insane. It is insane how much they take. After nine ninety nine, you then if your book's like say twenty dollars, you only get thirty percent royalties. It is insane. So about under nine ninety nine you get seventy percent. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons when, I mean, if your main your main base of, of people is, you know, through your blog, no real need to outsource the, the selling of it to Amazon mm-hmm. when you can use much yeah, cheaper services. Yeah, I was wondering if he uh, but, mentioned it. Yeah, and then from an internet marketing point of view, it gets people to go directly to his site to buy it, which yep. they can build his rapport and gets people used to going there. So then if he releases any other products, then, um, you know, a whole yep. strength in that. Exactly. So, John, have you actually done source? I mean, I know you have your own business, right? Or your own, you know, Amazon mm-hmm. account. But have you, have you actually sourced for him? Uh, no, I've never personally sourced. Well, I guess we go. We've been we go shopping together. So, oftentimes, we'll basically just drive two carts around or push two carts How does around. That I guess. Work? We'll, uh, you target we'll, together? You, you, you race all the, cl- the clearance sections together or what? <laughs> no, oftentimes what we'll do is uh, anything anything we find multiples of, I'll, I'll just take one and throw the other into his cart and vice versa. Um, 
And then sometimes we'll just, you know, if I find, you know, 10 really good things I'll throw in his way, he'll throw in my way. But that was a, that was a little bit more, uh, we would do that when we were earlier in the stages. We haven't done that as much recently when since he's, you know, expanded to have people shopping and prepping and stuff for him. So we don't go out shopping too much together. But we still have um, a few stores that we have connections to that, that we uh, just kind of have set aside as, this is something that we just we do together and and split up, so neither one of us takes too much advantage of it. Or when we do take advantage of it, we both get the benefits. <laughs> That's cool. But no, I so I so technically I haven't ever been a paid sourcer of his, but uh, I've been outsourcing using his his methods. I guess I learned from his methods, so. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's, like, one of the ways to scale, like, you know, to potentially, that's something that I've always been concerned about, right, is retail arbitrage. There's only so much you can do. I know Leo and I have talked about that personally, but if you can get a team going and you have people doing it, who is the guy, who, whoever turned me on, I think you guys mentioned it in the last uh, call, the Conveo Grocery yeah. uh, group, and then there was a guy, oh, like Chris something, Chris Wilkie? Potter? Oh, wait, what was it? It's Chris Wilkie. He's got a group. No, not Chris oh. Wilkie. There's a guy in Sean Mayo's group. I think Chris Potter posted a thing about how he his, his workflow was awesome. I think I actually stayed like an Evernote because it was so good. Um, he so he finds the ads. Hold on, guys. Let me see, let me see if I can find this real quick. No sure ideas. All right, here, here, I'm just going to read this real quick. Oops. Um, this is, yeah, Chris Potter and his grocery Amazon FBA group. I send a shopper into local grocery stores on Wednesday, first day of weekly sales, armed with a Bluetooth scanner. They scan every item that's on sale along with the prices. We would take that data, push it through a bulk Amazon lookup tool to find ASIN sales ranks, etc. We cut it on the list by using specific rules. If it's an ASIN we haven't carried before, we have a VA do a camel, camel, camel search on each ASIN. So flag items meet certain profitability and sales requirements. I take that short list to make buying decisions. Um, then I take the buying list and create shopping lists. Those are given to shoppers every Friday morning. They have from Friday to Tuesday to get everything on the list before the sales end. So he's like has this amazing process um, of of like of, just nailed it of groceries, right? And he sent in a shipment. Of one week, and it was like ten thousand dollars in sales. Um, uh, no, yeah, it was like three thousand dollars in profit. It was crazy numbers. Like it was nuts. From just and he's having these people do this, and uh, I'll put the link. I think I saved the link of the actual thread. Thanks. I have to join the group. But here's awesome. my question about that. So, like, how much, like, how much money would you need to do that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I have like $4,000 right now in buying capital. I don't think I have enough money to even do that. You wouldn't have to buy everything. No, but you'd have to buy a lot uh, to hire somebody. Oh, get this. Okay, grocery. I'm going to spend grocery spend in one week $6,613. But estimated profit, it is profit, $8,592. What? I mean, but, but, I mean, I, I know those numbers are like behind the sky, but like he, 
laid out his process, and it was awesome. Was he, like, doing uh, coupons, too, or just sale items? I think just sale items. Mm-hmm. Like having somebody research them, like, with a Bluetooth scanner, scanning, I mean, it's, I mean, that's the way to do it, right? It's have somebody else doing all the work, and you're just taking that data and refining it and having everybody make the buying decisions. I just posted the link in the group chat earlier on Facebook, yeah. and you can see the pictures, too, of the boxes. I I don't know why I'm seeing all those out in one chip, and you got to break those up a little bit just to keep yourself sane. I've um, chatted with um, with Sean Mayo about his process, and basically he has, like, two assistants that go with him shopping, and he, like, will go to these places where they have, like, pallets of candy, and he'll just say, like, okay, I want 200 of that, 500 of that, 100 of that, and because he's buying it so much bulk, they give him a discount, you know, because he might buy 1,000, stuff like that, and then he has them load, he has a 15 passenger van that he loads with boxes of the stuff or pallets of the stuff and then he takes it back to his uh, warehouse yeah it was just insane that's I think that's the way that the you know that's the way you win is you create these systems right that's the way you separate yourself from all the people that are hobby sellers or part-time sellers or take it you know don't take it as seriously as any of us do in this group, right? I think you've got to create these systems that are repeatable, that are uh, outside of, you know, where you can step away literally for a week and things are still happening. Yeah, that's definitely the goal, I think, probably for all of us. Right? I mean, that's what I would like to get to. It's just, man, where do you even find good people? That's the problem. <laughs> You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he just looked at me, and he's like, a good friend of mine. He's like, well, why would you hire me? I would just want to do this for myself. Yep. Like, oh. Well, the response, the response you give to him is, well, why aren't you doing it by yourself right now? <laughs> <laughs> and, then when, and then when he says, well, 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 excuse, 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 and you say, well, that's, that's exactly why you're not doing it for yourself right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you well, that's that's a great point. So, like today, right? I I, I had to explain to like ten people of like what I was doing, right? So I, I told you guys I gave my notice my job today. So I got really good at actually explaining what I do, which felt good. So before I was kind of struggled. Oh, I bought, I sell on Amazon, but I buy, you know. So I got really good at explaining it. But I told um, one of my coworkers who I don't see every day. He's more remote, but I, I know him personally pretty well, and. He's been bugging me, like, he's been unhappy as well in his job, and he has a little different job, but, you know, he's like, let's, let's start a business deal, let's start a business deal, let's do something together, and here I've been in the, in the background not telling him anything, been doing this business on the side, growing this Amazon business, right? And so he actually asked me an email, I was like, so do you, do you want a part, do you need a partner? And, you know, and I'm like, you know, I haven't responded to him yet, but it's like, you don't want to, and I think Ryan Grant, you know, John, you can maybe allude on this, but he even put, I think it was when he was talking about hiring people in the warehouse. You really don't want to have an employee who has, like, an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Because they they will just take your, I mean, because this guy does, the guy I'm talking about, my coworker, does have an entrepreneurial mindset where he would just be like, oh, yeah, I could do this. Like, I mean, the barriers to entry are pretty low. Where he can literally have a smartphone and a pro seller account 
and profit band or even them. You can have that's that's it. The phone seller count on his cell phone and start making money. Yeah, he doesn't need a lot. Yeah, the thing is though, when you look at it that way, it's like it, at that point, it's just making money though, versus what everyone you know what you guys are doing, which is creating more sustainable workflows and sustainable businesses, which take the real what takes the real time and effort. Yeah, I think a lot of people have some illusion about what we're doing that, like, you know, I'm buying something for $5 and making $100. Yeah, that happens. But, it number one, costs me a lot to do that. And number two, not everyone is a winner. You know what I mean? It's a little unrealistic. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even the way I look at myself right now is the way I'm doing it is I'm mainly only doing retail and a little bit of online and a little bit of discount style liquidation store shopping is I'm hardly creating a business at this point. I'm just kind of sustaining, a, you know, a, a small, but a little bit of consistent cash flow of uh, basically just making some money come in extra every month that I can have to, to play around with or do whatever I choose to do with. Whereas once you get into consistent, bulk purchasing, wholesale purchasing, private label product, or, you know, hiring employees to do whatever they're doing for you, is that's when you're really starting to create a, a more sustainable, you know, lasting business. Do you guys, um, have any of you guys pursued wholesale much? I saw, Blake, that you're in uh, Todd Lamley's group as well that I just joined and Leo I know uh, went through it for a month or so um, yeah. have you guys pursued wholesale much um no I've been uh, more focusing well only half focusing then on going to private label um though there's I'm going to pick up a few companies that I know that will be pretty decent but I'm uh, already trying to shy away from um, you know, buying uh, more things to resell more things. I'm just trying to get uh, my own brand going. So, like, though he had good info, um, I immediately just didn't even want to do it, pretty much. So, yeah, that's kind of bad, but whatever. Oh, no, di- yeah, different shirts for different folks. And that's, you know, if you can build a brand and establish it and, and get a... Uh, any kind of brand loyalty. I mean, that's, yeah, that's where the money is and that's the ideal thing, especially if you don't have to have a physical presence anywhere. Um, Then you just kind of run it on automatic. So yeah, I mean, that would be awesome if you can really get that going. What, uh, what category are you looking at? If you don't mind me asking. I was looking at tons. Um, I'm a, (laughs) I set up a second seller account and, um, I'm approved on everything like twice over. So, uh, I'm, you know, shopping around. Uh, I'm going to probably breach, like, probably multi-product. You know, like, I want to create an entire line. So um, I know a lot of people in the private label groups that I'm with, um, like, some are picking up their products and stuff now, and they're already reporting, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, sabotaging their uh, posts or, you know, their product um, listings and kind of stuff like that but um i'm but all they're doing is literally just restickering something or repackaging something 
um, what I've been doing so far is just creating something uh, from nothing, just finding a place that has materials that can make what I want, but that, that's been very slow and um, very time-consuming. And it's like I was almost already looking for a new manufacturer and stuff just because it's, uh, they just couldn't get exactly what I wanted. They're getting pretty close, and a lot of people would be all right with it. But I, after doing like, you know, five or six samples or more, um, I knew exactly what I want, but now it's like, hey, dude, we already have all this stuff. Um, no, no, we can't get that. Like, you know, they just want me to buy what they have then, you know? Right. But, well, I know a few of you also got into or, or bought the um, bought the wholesale uh, course, um, you know, as well. Uh, I'll tell you one, one, one quick story about wholesale. I... And, and there's no reason why I can't um, or, you know, or shouldn't pursue it. But I tell you, it's just a, a, another example of, of really the importance of taking action. Um, I kind of stumbled ac- across some products that were out of stock. And, uh, and you know, I put them on my wish list, um, just my personal Amazon, you know, mm-hmm. Prime account. And, um, and they were all in the same line. Um, but different configurations, and um, so maybe there was like six different configurations, and like four of them were were out of stock. So I put them all in my in my wish list, and um, I went through Todd Lammy's course, and um, you know, kind of used uh, you know some of the the information that I had kind of thought of on my own and and, and worked on my own as far as finding wholesalers. And I found the wholesaler for this particular product. Immediately got approved, um, you know, as, as as a wholesale buyer. Um, the the salesman even followed up with me after a week and said, you know, hey, have you placed uh, an order? Is there anything that that um, you know that you need, you know, for me to place an order? And it was just sort of like you know, typical kind of you know, one thing pushes out another, and I was kind of doing other things and focusing on other things, and I never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it but I had the account. I had a salesman who sent me an order form, who followed up with me, who wanted to sell me a product that I knew on Amazon was out of stock. And I looked at some historical data, and, um, you know, the sales were there. Um, and sure enough, like maybe it's been about two weeks now, I'm, I'm looking through my wish list, and all of those products are um, back in stock by one FBA seller. Hmm. You know, and it's just, you know, one guy, one other person, girl, whatever, you know, found what I found and probably did exactly what I did and is now reaping the benefits. And I did that whole, you know, uh, put their, um, you know, put it in my, in my uh, cart and, you know, did the 999 in my cart. And uh, for, for one of the products, they sent in about, you know, 80-some units. And he's selling about 10 a day. Wow. Yeah. And, Holy uh, shit. And, and I just totally, and it was just simply because I didn't take action. Yeah. Yeah, you want to get yeah, but... back up on that horse, dude. <laughs> 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 it, it, it's kind of scary, though. You know, it's definitely intimidating. Um you know, going and buying a, a big bulk purchase of something without ever selling it before, 
uh, I'm still intimidated to do it for sure. Hey, hey, hey Leo, what was the minimum order? I'm just like dollar amount. Not, not much. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I continue to kick myself, Ryan, because this was it was perfect. Um, the minimum order was maybe like two hundred and fifty dollars. What? Yeah, I mean, none of this was complicated. It wasn't complicated to find the um, the wholesaler. It wasn't complicated to get uh, an account. There was a low threshold as far as, you know, entry point, as, as far as, you know, minimum uh, order. I knew the product was out of stock. I mean, I knew that Amazon never sold it. I knew that it had sold in the past. Um you know, it's a it's a replan on top of everything else. It's a replan. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just bottom line, I blew it. And you know, I admit it to you all to just you know, as a kind of a word of warning, uh, you know, if you see something, if you do the homework, um, and you know, you you go through everything that that we know that we know now, um, I tell you what, inaction is your biggest enemy. Yeah, I, I hear that definitely. Or and you could also look at it as, hey, maybe that other FBA seller, if you got in there, they could have bottomed the price out to where they're only making a dollar profit. So, you know, it also could have saved you from some headache and, and some money tied up as well. Well, the profits are, I will say, the the, the profit on the product is is moderate. It, you know, it's it's not it's not a huge money maker on, on each because, you know, now I've got the wholesale price list, right? And I can compare it to what he's selling at, um, but he's all alone, right? So he owns the buy box 24/7, um, and uh, and and so based on his, based on what I assume he's getting the product at, and just for the you know I'm assuming it's, it's the same wholesale price that that I could have access to, and what he's selling, you know, it'd be about five dollars a unit. But again, it's it's almost like like you know uh, what Blake was talking about as far as um, private label, right? It's for for the time being, he owns the buy box. He's the only yeah. FBA seller on a product. And I know that before he jumped on it, um it, it was it was out of stock for months. It was absolutely out of stock for months because I was tracking it because I had it in my in my wish list. Well I mean Leo, you can still I mean Yeah you can still make yeah, you can, I mean yeah don't let one seller I mean one seller is like I mean, trust me, we've, I don't know if I have a listing where I'm the only seller in an item and it has been for about the past two or three months, and it is fantastic. <laughs> but even if one other, and that one other seller did drop, jump on, Merchant Fulfilled, was on there briefly, it might still be, I don't know, his price was higher than mine. Like, it's the, the go, it's still good. It's still a good spot to be in. So if you're just even split, if you're selling 10 a day, you split that buy box, and you're, you're getting five, he's getting five. That's still a really good spot to be in, and I'm not going to fault you. Trust me, I've been in that same boat. I have a list, Leo, of wholesalers I just need to contact. I just, I, just have, I have a list. I have a, I, you know, maybe it's like three or four people, but like that's silly, right? Why haven't I done that? Because there's a million other things I'm doing. I'm packing boxes, you know. I, I, so I get that. I'm not going to fault you for that. It's just this time and it's priorities, and it's tough to make. No, but I I went through everything except the order process, right? I mean that's that's the part that I'm really kicking myself because I actually did all the work. The only thing I didn't do, and again, and the order would be would be reasonable, right? It wasn't this outlandish, you know, three thousand dollar minimum, you know. But and the the one thing I just did not do was actually place the order uh, because I knew it would sell. And you're right, only having two FBA sellers on a listing is still a dream come true for 
you know, 99% of everything we run across. I mean, it's that would still be phenomenal. Um, but it's just, it was just, um, you know, really, I was, I was really regretting the fact that I did not pull the trigger on something that I had done all the prep work for and just didn't make that final, I didn't take that final action to, you know, place the order. Um, and and so it really, I, I just kind of share the story as, as far as I think wholesale still has a lot of potential. Um, there, there's definitely a lot of uh, hoops you've got to jump through. Um, but, you know, there's, the opportunities are definitely there. Well, I've, I've got another scenario because you're right. Inaction can kill you, and, and I've learned that, you know, for myself. But also taking the wrong action can kill you as well where just recently there's something, this um, candy that I bought, uh, I think in December, got it for really cheap on clearance, sent it in, it sold at great margins, and then I kind of forgot about it and uh, didn't go back to it. Well, I went back to it uh, a week and a half ago, and I saw the price is still really high. So then I went, found some place to buy it. The buy cost after everything was about 550 if buying it by the case. And it was selling for like $24. So I didn't even contact the manufacturer to even try to do a wholesale order. I place an order with the distributor for five cases of twelve, so sixty units at about five fifty or so each. So spent a few hundred bucks on it. And as soon as they got to my house, I went back on there, checked the listing, and there was another seller in there that dropped it from twenty four to fourteen. Oh, Must have bought it wholesale. It had never been that low before, or at least not in, you know, months. And uh, and now they got a ton of product. And I actually just checked it again the other day, and there's a second seller in there at the same price at, like, less than $15. So now if I send it all in and sell it, it's going to be, you know, maybe 2 bucks profit or something like that. Do you see how much they have in stock? Are you sure it's a wholesale not just, like, a retail ARB, not knowing what they're doing? Uh, no, I don't remember exactly how much. But when I checked, they had a considerable amount. You know, they, oh, okay. Yeah, um, um, definitely more than you could get in a store. I, I've run into that too, and I had kind of an issue that worked out real well for me. Um, I buy this soap. It's actually, I had talked about having it lost by Amazon, but I buy this soap. I pay like $5.06 or something for it, and I sell it for $35 a piece. <laughs> That's hilarious. And I sell like one or two a day. So I go down to the store. I buy 60 units of it, I send it in, and somebody is selling it for 17 bucks, And I'm like, F. Yeah. So, somebody sent in like 30 units of it. I kept my price at $34.99. They sold theirs at like 5 or 6 a day at $17.99, and the sales rank on it went way up, or well, down. So then they ran out of inventory. I guess they can only buy five cases of it. And there I was. The rank on this item is awful. It's like 180K or something like that. But we went from 180K to 60K in the course of like three days. And then I started selling four and five of it a day for a little while. Nice. So, you know, sometimes it works out even if you just have to hold 
with that with my soap, there's no expiration on it. With your candy, if you have a long enough expiration, it might be worth it to hold. Well, that's actually yeah. I, I've still got it here at the house, and I mean, I'm gonna send it in eventually. But uh, yeah, I think you're you're definitely right. You know, them dropping the price is gonna uh, increase the rank probably you know, quite a bit. Thing, and, I you know, we talk so much about buy box stuff. I have I have been I still have a hundred percent seller rating, and I don't know how. Um, and there are times that I am beating people by like twenty bucks, like I'm twenty bucks higher, and I still get the buy box. Buy box. Yeah. So I mean, it might not be that bad. Um. So a uh, quick on your candy, is it a chocolate item? Because remember, uh, a couple months here, they're gonna start limiting that. No, it's actually uh, it's a peppermint item. It's not chocolate. And right. I noticed that most peppermint stuff, it seems, is really only popular on the holidays. But this is yeah. something that it, it looks like it's actually selling decently well uh, all year. You know, like at least on a handful a day, it looks like, or a few a day. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll end up. I'll send it in and just price it, and we'll see how it plays out. But I may end up. Um, going for a wholesale account on it as well, and just share the buy box with these guys if this rank stays really good. Even if I'm making, you know, only five bucks per thing, eh, yeah, it might be worth it. Yeah. Hey, Eric, are you still there? Yeah. All right. I don't mean to switch gears. I mean, I, I I like how we're talking about our, you know, all of our mistakes or what have you, or not mistakes, but you know, our regrets. I guess right. It's good to kind of share those. Um, I, Erica, I, I something I've been like on my to-do list like last week, and I just need to set it up. Is auto MFC? If you, I know we talked about that in the thread. <laughs> if you could, because I, I'm like that is like just lost. I mean, so if people don't know, Erica, you can confirm this. Auto MFC is a service. Uh, it's all these services, right? I love sir. I've got you know this about me. I love spending money on services. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a service that syncs your Amazon FBA inventory with eBay listings. So, and it automatically fulfills orders from eBay sales. So, I have product, let's say it's a USB cable. I sell it on Amazon. I can create the same listing on eBay. Auto MFC can sync those two. When someone buys it on eBay, it automatically creates a manual fulfillment order automatically with all the right shipping info and stuff, sends a tracking number to the person on eBay, and it syncs your inventory. Is that correct, Erica? That is very correct, and it's working out very well for myself, for my case today. Um, I had been fulfilling my own product um, you know, from my house and selling especially like 10 items a day. And I'm like, you know, this is just stupid because I'm selling this last month. I sold 20,000 on FBA and on eBay. I spent an equal amount of time selling $2,500. Right. Mm. But now what I'm seeing is that there, I have kind of just held back on doing like more listings of the things I have like in my um, inventory at the house. And I've focused more on putting listings up that are all FBA. And I'll tell you this week, I've only, had to fulfill from my home like two items, but every other sale has been all SBA link sales. And 
no doubt when they're like, okay, let's break this down and tell you how much time we're saving you. Because you know how all of these uh, services like to tell you this? Like, so if your time is worth $55 an hour, then you're saving this much money per month, right? Well, um, I guess I didn't think about how much time I was spending um, transferring these items over to Amazon. And then I also had um, kind of a, I guess, a hyper concern about getting their address and their name correct. And this service has, I had two weeks for free, and I was like, okay, this is a no-brainer after this point. So um, items that I've had at Amazon that I just haven't been getting the buy box for, and I ha I'm like 60-plus deep in about three items that have this specific concern for me. Um, they've been selling nonstop on eBay being fulfilled by Amazon. And honestly, it only cost me $3 more per um, shipment to have it fulfilled by Amazon than it does for me to fill it by myself at home. And that's not including, you know, any of my labels or my, my time or my packaging, um, you know, for cosmetics and all that stuff. But um, anyway, I, I think it's a great service. It's costing me $79 a month. I couldn't figure out the Celebrite thing, and I've been super busy, so I haven't, like, sat on the phone with one of those guys to talk through it. But um, right now I'm just making my own listings, and then um, you have to go under custom and then put in your um, your seller's, um, what is the right name for it? Like your, your specific uh, SKU, I guess, as a seller. So it's been working great for me because I'm just like, ah, another one came through. That's fantastic. I don't have to wrap it and send it and get in the mail by tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., you know? So it's actually been great. So that's that's awesome. I it's okay. So that, I think I asked this in the post, but to confirm, you have to create your own listing, correct? And you just have to link it in Auto MFC. You have to create your own eBay listing and then mm -hmm. link that to the ASIN or your MSKU, correct? Yeah, it can't be the ASIN. It's um the other one. It's the one that's specific to you. Okay, so your own SKU. All right. Mm -hmm. And then you can also have them. You can set it up so you can say, okay, take, you know, re and it actually removes my eBay listings when I've sold through the product, so I'm not overselling anywhere, which is also like something that was totally stressing me out. And now I for sure know that I'm not going to oversell, so I'm not going to sell, you know, too many on eBay and then take my seller rating. Um, but it actually removes that for me, and then it also, um, oh, I can't think of the next great thing, but it's been a, a great service. So. That's great feedback. That's good to know. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna have my. I think my my VA has experience. She said in a previous role, creating eBay listings. I think I'm gonna have her create. Because I hate creating eBay listings. I don't know why. They're kind of tedious. I feel like so is Amazon listings. But I'm just gonna see if she can create these these eBay listings and have because there's stuff I have set to like break even on <laughs> in App Eagle. Like, here's my minimum, and this will break me even because there's so many sellers I bought it at the wrong price, right? The market got flooded afterwards. I'm like, I should sell this stuff on eBay. And that would be a huge, uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of no brain. I mean, if you're at least if you're making more than the 75, whatever it costs, 79 bucks a month, that's kind of a no-brainer as long as your time of set, just setting it up isn't that much more than that. Well, well if I'm having an increase of, you know, if I'm selling $2,500 a month just on eBay by spending $80, you know, plus their fees, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, right. No, that's huge. That, that makes sense. And I don't even have to think about it. It's been such a stress reliever for me, so. No, that's, and that's the, like, multi, people talk about multi-channel fulfillment. Like, that's a huge thing. I know, Chris, you and I had, like, a just a, a chat combo about that one day about, um, 
not a stores, but there's the other one, Amazon Web Stores, where yeah. that's something I eventually want to do too, to be honest with you guys, is get the niche and create a website where the whole front end is my website, but the back end is actually just FBA inventory. But it would be very niche specific, so it's not just like a hodgepodge website. But that's a way just to also increase your, you know, what you're doing and uh, and not really, I mean, increase your sales multi-channel, but not doing any extra work in a way. Well, I yeah, have to sign yeah. up for that. Go ahead. Um, so I signed up for that uh, like uh, maybe two or three months ago, and I played around with it. And the conclusion I came to is that it's the same price as the auto um, multi-channel fulfill. And for me, I decided that I already have a customer base on eBay, and they're already attracting more attention than my lonely little obscure site you know, that would have my business name attached to it. So I decided to spend that money on the auto fulfill, um, which, you know, like I said, I already have the eBay listings going. And it does attract a different customer than an than a Amazon customer, you know. And some things I can sell for more. Um, that's the other thing, too, I was going to say. That you can sell at different prices. It doesn't matter what the price is. It's just linking items. So you can have, you know, something for $10 on Amazon and $50 on eBay. It's the same item. They match them up and they still sell. So. And you create your eBay prices independent of right. I mean that, that's that's in the eBay settings and listing, right? You don't Correct. it doesn't pull in any pricing for Amazon. You create that independently. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to be specific about is that yeah, I don't. It has nothing to do with the other. You know, they could be a fifty dollar price difference, and no one would ever know. Nice. And then I'm curious, Erica, what do you do for um, shipping? Do you do free ground, or do you include shipping in the eBay auction? eBay uh, listing? Um, it depends. I mean, there's a. have been following a lot of conversations in the eBay community, but like I said, it's more of a time suck for me than Amazon. So, um, But anyways, it's still something I need to you know, be aware of. There are just so many conflicting things with eBay right now that it, for me it depends on the item. So if I feel like, okay, this item is going to be really light and it's only going to cost me, my minimum cost for shipping is like $3 for a little package. And, you know, then, um, and I think that it will do better with a free listing and it's only going to cost me $3, then okay, I'll do that. But otherwise, you know, for the shoes and handbags that I still have, um, we're definitely charging, you know, for shipping for those guys and trying to do like a flat rate um, with priority um, just because it, that'll eat you alive with, with the cost of those two things. So, so also, I hope that answers. Um, in the, I don't know if uh, you noticed, Erica, but I was looking around in the merchant fulfilled order side of Amazon because uh, I set up a, an eBay listing just for one product I have a lot of, and it's pretty big and I don't know five to six pounds. And the difference from Amazon side from standard to expedited shipping, I think, was only like three bucks, like an additional yeah. three dollars to do expedited shipping. Is that about what it is for you too? Yep. Yep. But for my, remember, I'm doing mostly cosmetic items. So for my items, I typically spend five ninety five to do a merchant fulfilled, which is only three dollars more than what I'd be spending on my own. Um, can I add something to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to be going down the private label route so- shortly. 
Um, as you guys probably all know, I have a jewelry company, and I'm going to be making some jewelry, some bracelets, and some other stuff to sell. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do all FB, all Amazon fulfilled, and then I'm going to set up. So I'm going to stock it on Amazon, and then I'm going to make a website and use a feature to automatically sell the Amazon inventory for me. And I may also, I don't know how well this would work with Etsy, but I may try to do it with Etsy. So have an Etsy shop that's automatically fulfilled by Amazon. Yeah, you just have to manually do that. It wouldn't be, I haven't seen any service that would do that automatic well, push for you, but you would just transfer your customer's information over. So the website, I can have automatically do it. I know how to do that, oh. or I can write a code for it. My issue is not really the Etsy thing. If I have to just sit down for a few minutes and, you know, set up stuff for that, that's fine. But my problem is is I don't know how Etsy customers are going to react to getting Amazon boxes with Etsy orders in them. That you can get plain labeling. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I think it costs, well, like, it's not cheap. It's a buck more. Well, it's all relative, right? It's a buck more a box, Erica. Is that right? Buck more. I don't know. I I haven't looked into it because I'm like, hey, nobody's complaining and it's working out. So once I start getting complaints, maybe I'll think about it. But I haven't. I I know it is a little bit more. I don't know what it is though. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, it is totally white label. It's whatever you give them. I don't think they have like the Amazon tape on it or anything. Yeah, there's like no that. Amazon tape. There's no Amazon box. I think it's a dot. I turned it on when I I turned it on for my. I had a few items that. Um, same thing, I think, were restricted when I sent them in. I didn't know when I sent them in that they were restricted, so they were sitting in the warehouse. Created eBay listings for them, sold them, and um, I just selected to have a plain box, a plain tape, and you can actually upload a logo, I think, to, like, your your, you know, your packing slip or something, or yeah. put some custom text in there. So, like, nobody's going to know it's coming from Amazon, and they're going to get it super – I mean, a couple of my items were delivered on Sunday, right, for Sunday delivery for Prime. Those people were probably like freaking out, like this is awesome, you know. This, this email <laughs> listing came on a Sunday, not knowing <laughs> maybe coming from Amazon. Hey, Chris or Erica, have you have you like considered the kind of alternative that making making it very clear on your listing, whether it's on Etsy or or eBay, that um, your products are actually fulfilled by Amazon, or you use the Amazon you know, shipping and delivery service, I guess you don't want to say, you know, maybe you don't want to use FBA as, you know, as the exact words, but because, I mean, I think I think that brings a lot of credibility as, and like, you know, Ryan was just saying, you, the products are going to get there so fast. These are all people who probably have all bought from Amazon before and the one thing you hear a lot, you, you may hear a lot of complaints about Amazon, but the one thing you don't hear about is complaints regarding, you know, their shipping and their kind of logistical, you know, excellence. Um, why not make that kind of a feature of your products and not, not hide it or not try to hide it, but actually just say, be very upfront about it. Yeah, I don't want my customers, I, for me, I don't want my customers comparison shopping because the prices can sometimes be so different. Gotcha. Like I have gotcha. one item right now that I'm selling for $65 on eBay that is selling more consistently than the $45 on Amazon right now. So I don't want them knowing that, you know, I pull from both, I guess you could say, for myself anyway. Um, but when people have asked, I'll say, hey, you know, um, my 
stuff is, uh, or my product is stored at an Amazon warehouse and they do my shipping for me, like in different uh, conversations that have come about, like when a product is going to be at their house or, you know, different customer service questions I don't like answering. But um, I've always been honest with them and said, hey, you know, this is where it's coming from. So. Right, and that's the way I would uh, was suggesting that that you would kind of you know broach the the topic is that not that you're selling on both you know that hey you know you can get my product on Amazon too, but rather you're using Amazon's you know delivery system as the way you ship your products on eBay. No, because like I said, I don't want them going oh they ha- it's on Amazon too, and then going and and looking Try right. And find it. I don't know. What was your thought, Chris? I, you know what? I think that if you market it right, that might not be a bad idea. I'm not too sure about the customer base specifically of Etsy, um, but I like the idea of on a website being able to slap next day, you know, two-day shipping for free. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan of running sales on a website for shipping, and if I'm doing, you know, if I calculate my shipping costs to be so cheap, I, you know, and it's all automatic. You know, I could do next day or two day shipping to the customer as like normally ten dollars. Now it's free. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that that's a buy lubricant if I've ever seen one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also just uh, FYI, um, with Amazon Merchant fulfilled, uh, two day shipping isn't free. I think it's like regular ground or five to seven day that's free. And then if you want them to ship it in two day, I think it's like an extra three bucks. Okay. Three or four dollars. Just. In FYI, which of course can be you know included in your price or whatever. You know what? I'm gonna have to. I've never really looked into it too much. I know that it's available, and I haven't really uh, looked and in, investigated it too much. So as soon as I do, I think I'm gonna figure that out. And of course, the thing is, is my manufacturer cost for the item is fairly inexpensively. I'm making it in house, and the markup on it's pretty good. You know, so. Right. Right on. Yeah, another thing is um, I thought is if there's uh, some reason why you don't want to sell a particular product on Amazon but still want to use their fulfillment, like Erica was saying, where she's got a product that's selling really well on eBay, it's 65 bucks. Amazon, it's selling at 45 Well, on Amazon, you can just price your thing sky high so you don't get any Amazon sales and have all of them merchant fulfilled to your eBay sales or your you know, website sales or whatever, and just use them for the fulfillment services. Yeah. And then they shut you down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you're priced too high. Make your listing inactive. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Erica, Erica, we looked at your auto MFC account to see if there is a referral um, option, and if so, go ahead and message it to me, and I will I'm planning yeah. on signing up for that in the next, um, like, literally, like, whenever, like, as soon as I get a free second. Um, okay. So if there is, let me I'll know. I'll be happy to uh, obviously have you get credit for it. Thanks. Um, I sent you guys um, a bolo as well because tomorrow a new um deal is going on on Hotlook, and I don't know how many of you use that website, but um, – they sell out in no time at all, and you can only buy six from each sale that they have going at each time. And if you get on and buy any multi-iron um, curlers or 
Um, they're fancy hair dryers. I have always sold them very, very fast for hundreds of dollars. So, um, yeah. and I always go in higher, about 50 bucks higher than the lowest seller. So um, if you guys have five to $600 to drop tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time, please use my link and go there and buy because it's, it's stuff I, I can't not make money on. It's amazing. So you guys may as well have a part in it too. What's the buy cost per unit then, roughly? It just depends. Um, I don't know what they'll be. I don't, I don't know what products they'll have tomorrow morning. But in general, it's been the – I'll usually spend five to $600, and I'll get, like, three curling irons and three hair dryers or something, and um, I'll over triple my money every time. Oh, all right. Send me up. I I, I saw that link in my cast. I'll pass. So that's for that. I think I'm gonna definitely. Yeah. No, you need to go buy. I'm telling you, you will make a lot of money. So. Is it always um, a max of six quantity? Yep, for each sale. And is it just one item every Friday that they do a flash sale? No, every morning Hotlook does um, a flash sales starting at 8 a.m. seven days a week. And I have an alarm set for the new me products that just came through while I was, you know, I'm on the phone call with you guys. And I'm like, hey, I know that I can only order six, and they keep catching me every time, so I may as well pass this on to you guys. So it's hey, always um, the multi – go ahead. Your uh, referral link isn't working. Oh, no, i got to correct that, man. Okay, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I will get that working. Oh, so. yes. If you guys can, you know, definitely, like, if you have the money to do it, go in and buy the multi, um, like, the three, it's like three or five wand um, curling iron. Either one of those sells really well. And then the colored new me um, blow dryers, the pink or the blue, sell really well. Nice. So you can get six of the blow dryers and, like, six of the curling irons, too? Or just nope. six items total? Okay. Total, yeah. All right. Thank you. Rough. But that's why I was like, hey, we can all split it up there. So Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for that. I'd, yeah. I've heard the name before. I never even thought to source there. And, like, I've seen other flashlights, and I've just seen – I guess I assume that uh, those listings would be swamped afterwards. You know, I, I just assume no. those listings would tank. Well, and I know you guys hear me go on and on about, like, Nordstrom or whatever. This is a Nordstrom site. So you may as well spend it for a card and get two times the points back on whatever you buy from them. I buy from their flash sale. And then I also bought last week from Zoo Lily um, some kid shoes. And the kid shoes I bought on the last flash sale on um, Hot Look were some kind of Marvel superhero something. And I'm selling them. I bought them for 18 with free shipping. Plus I got two points for every dollar. And I bought up all the appropriate sizes and I've been selling them this week for fifty to five dollars a shoe. So wow. don't overlook these these flashlights and I'm like the only FBA seller. So um I did wow. that for Hot Look and then I just I just sent off some today from um Zulily and it arrived in like in two days. It was great. So that's great. Yeah thanks for the, the tips. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um I wanted to ask a question is everybody here using a repricer? Yep. Yep. I'm not yet. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not either. Um, can I quickly share my repricer usage? Yeah. Please. 
Um, so I got a hold of uh, Sean Mayo about App Eagle. He uses App Eagle. And um, I had it for months and never set it up right, and I thought it was working and never set a minimum or maximum price. So I was just uh, paying them 50 bucks a month for nothing. Oh, man. So I set it up right. And the first day, I set it up one evening, and Sean Mayo showed me how to set it up. And basically what he does is, uh, I think it was Blake that said he spent a day setting it up. It was Matthew. Was it Matthew who spent a day yeah. setting yeah. it up? Matthew. Okay, let me ask you, how many items do you have? Like individual SKUs. I don't think Matthew's on the call. Is oh, he's not on the call. Okay. All I did, all Sean does and all I did was I go in and I look at the current buy box. I set it either, I set the minimum price $5 below, maximum price $5 above, and then I put my price. Now, I had posted in the group about putting it at 3% above, and that's what Sean Mayo said, but I put it at 1% above, and I moved $4,000 in dead inventory in like a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and that was stuff that had been sitting there since December. So, some of it was, um, now that's gross sales. Some of it I didn't really profit very much on because I didn't, you know, my return on investment might be, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent. But it's sold and it's getting me my money back. Right. So, like, it was a huge difference. But you still have to go in. You still have to go into each individual uh, item and 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 enter that formula. You didn't. There's no way to say do this automatically across all of your SKUs in your inventory. No. However, it it didn't take me for the 75 items I have. It took me 15 minutes. Right. Right. Because you have a set way of doing it, and you just cut and paste and go from item to item. Yeah. I mean. There's no real cut and paste on it because I didn't use a formula per se. Believe the bio cost is 17. I set it at 12, 22, and that was it. And then the percentages you set in another, I put them all in the same uh, um, in the same group. So yeah. So what you do, Leo, like with App Eagles, you set up a profile. So I've got a profile set to where I just I'll match the SBA seller or I'll price just a little bit higher than them, like similar to Chris. So you set the rules on that profile, and then you go through all your listings, and you set your min price, your max price, and then assign the profile to it. Um, at least that's how it is in App Eagle. So, like, it, it's pretty quick once you set the profile and you go through and you have an idea of what your buy cost was. So you just go in a thing, you know, do 10 bucks, 15 bucks, profile one, next one. Right. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah, it's not too time intensive. Uh, just once you set it up initially. Well, no, and no offense to the people that aren't using reprisers here, but you got—I mean, it's like I don't know. For me, that's a cost. It's like so. Uh, I don't know. It just—it doesn't make sense to not have it because the thing is, it's not fair. It's a game, right? The, the, it's, the aim of the pricing is a game. If someone's on a listing the same as you and they have a repricer, they're going to beat you every time if you're manually repricing. And it's just not fair for you to have to go in there. You're going to reprice manually. And guess what? Either they have App Eagle and an hourly plan, 
in 45 minutes, they're going to beat you again. And yeah. you may not even know it because you don't check it again. So, I don't know. For me, that's why I've created a continuous on App Eagle. You know, it costs a pretty penny, 150 bucks. But, like, it's a, it's a cost of doing business. It's just, it's, I don't know. For me, like, it just makes sense. And the Min and Max, I told you guys I built mine into my SKU. So I know when I list new items, I instantly just can read the SKU and know what my minimum price is to obtain my minimum profit. So it makes it super easy. Oh, so you, you, in your SKU, you don't put your buy cost, you put your minimum listing price? I put them both. I put I put my buy cost and my minimum price. So I put my buy cost, my minimum ROI percentage I'm going to take, and then my what the minimum price would be to reflect that buy cost, the, buy, the ROI percentage, I'm sorry. So three numbers kind of coded yeah. with letters. I can send it to you guys. I don't really care if you guys know. Um, maybe I'll That's now, smart. But, um, and, when you, and when you send in replens, when you replenish a SKU that you already have in stock, does App Eagle kind of automatically assign, you know, the same formula that you have for those products to the new products yeah. that you're sending in? Yeah, there's yeah. nothing you have to do. That's right. The, the only yeah. time I change it is when my sometimes my buy cost will change. Like maybe last time I bought it with like a twenty percent off coupon. That's not available, but the current price still makes sense. So I will have to change the minimum price. I just do that manually. Yes, I I've been pretty happy with it. Now, Chris, you're, uh, did you sign up for the trial? Well, yeah, I signed up. I've had it. Um, I've had it since um, November. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I I thought it was doing stuff and found out that it wasn't. So I signed up. <laughs> gotcha. Ryan Grant's. I I feel so dumb in bidding this. So um, I signed up using Ryan Grant's um, affiliate link. I'm only paying 50 bucks a month for it because I don't have that many SKUs. Um, I think I, like a maximum, um, I have 79 live listings, 613 inventory items. So, you know, it's doing what it does. And it's, right, but it's, it's, the, it's the hourly repricer, right? No, I'm not using the hourly repricer. And I asked Sean Mayo about this, and what he said to me, was if he uses consistent repricing, he feels that when he's used that before with them, that it just real quick fought its way down to the bottom between another person that has an automatic repricer and him. So this will kind of hold the prices a little bit longer. But it does hourly repricing. Right. And it reprices up. So I'm not too, too worried about it. You know what I mean? I think it does a pretty decent job. I had I posted in the group the pricing for Feedvisor. I don't know if everyone saw that. But yeah, it takes a percentage of sales and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with giving away 1% of my sales. I mean, that's not too bad, but it's a minimum of $500 a month. That's pretty bad. I think that 1% of sales is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't care how much you're selling. I think that's just a crazy... I don't get unless the product is that much superior. I just don't get that at all. 
Yeah, I, mean, I wonder. I wonder what they're. I wonder what they're claiming is their, you know, secret sauce that they can charge one percent of your sales. Here's what I think they do. I think that what number one, I don't think it works for people that are doing retail arbitrage like we are, because I think you need multiples of the item in inventory. I believe that what it does is it reprices between a a, a, a set amount. They're very closed about how it works, so this is my guess about it. They reprice between a, an amount. They calculate, okay, at this price we sell three a day. At a penny more, we still sell three a day, and so on and so forth to calculate the what the market will bear price to sell your maximum number of inventory that you want to sell daily. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, it, it's... That's what I think they do, which is really nifty. I mean, if that works, I mean, you could make a lot of money doing that. That that could be huge. But so that's why I was thinking I would pay one percent uh, of my sales for that because I think it would increase my sales by more than one percent. However, it's that five hundred dollar minimum right now that I can't do because I'm not selling six hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, another thing that just kind of popped into my mind about, like, going back to the VA conversation really quickly is that they're not capturing the, all of the flash sales. So, you know, those are opportunities that I think we have, you know, during our daytime um, hours to be able to look at some of those flash sales, flash sale sites that the VA's like even if they were to go to those sites, the information wouldn't necessarily be pertinent the next day when we wake up and look at the list. So, just wanted to put that out there. I I, I completely I I think that. I mean, I kind of uh, talked to my VA about this, like about how emails, like we should be using email promos to decide where we're going to source that day, because sites sometimes only run like a twenty percent off today, you yeah. know. And like that, we should definitely. I don't care if we source that site two days ago. We should source that site again because twenty mm-hmm. percent off can substantially change what your buy costs are. That's a great point, Erica. Definitely. Um. All right. Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm just gonna just gonna see if anybody wants to add anything, or else we can, you know. Got two hours have flown by, guys. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah. yeah. No. I, I, um, also, talking about flash sales, we had talked about Whoop, and I finally found an item that was profitable on Whoop. <laughs> um, it, it took months, but I found it, and then what happened was I added it to my cart, and it sold out while it was in my cart. It sold out in under 15 minutes. So so that you guys know what it is. It's a and I've I've seen some other items in this vein that are profitable. They're ten onion knives. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was the particular knife was called the Ripple and it was thirty five dollars into a hundred and sixty five dollars. So it was real profitable. Limit three and I was like, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna mail some to my sister, my dad, my girlfriend. <laughs> I I'm going deep on this one. And I couldn't even buy three of them. There might have been like four for sale or something like that. Uh, because I was on, they started at 2 o'clock, I was on at 2.02, and they sold out. That's rough. 
Yeah. Here's uh, my ultimate fail. So, I uh, last uh, phone call, I mentioned those uh, Nintendo 3DS Majora's Mask ones. All right, so um, I end up getting a few. All right, that's great. Like, I uh, I sold them for, like, I had them uh, sent into the warehouse, but, you know, there was all the winter storm effects, so it was taking a really long time, crazy long time, like over nine days or so, like longer. And so, uh, like, a lot of the initial hype I was thinking was kind of slowing down, though it still had great, like, under 1,000 rank. Um, I was like, uh, well, I I just priced them once, and I'm like, oh, they'll sell or whatever. Literally, the second they were checked into the warehouse, they sold for, like, crazy money. But then I looked later on Keepa, they were selling then for $1,000 a piece. I was like, what? oh, my God. Dude, I was about ready to cry. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Couldn't believe it. So I was thinking I was doing pretty all right. I was like, yeah, all right. Maybe I could have got slightly more. No, I could have. Uh, it was ridiculous, man. Wow. Uh, hey, Leo, were you yeah. the guy that had uh, the customer get a huge refund on an item? Yeah, yes. both of us did. Yeah. No, wait, I think that's been about five all of us All three so of us, yeah, I think all of us. It's happened to me, too, and you know what I saw on Buzz? Do you, I don't know if you guys read BuzzFeed, but there was an article that somebody posted about how to save money on Amazon, and one of the key points was you can call and negotiate the price. Yeah, after you get the yeah. Item. I saw that. Oh. Yeah. Well, and, and Amazon, I think they announced late last year that they're going to, they're going to do some name your price um, testing. Uh, it, oh, the best offer. Al- already. Yeah, best offer type of things. Now, I don't know if I assume that's for their inventory, but given our collective experience, it seems like, you know, they're willing to do that for, you know, their uh, their third-party seller's inventory regardless of, of what, we, what we think about it. Um, I am still going through back and forth with um, – well, actually, not a lot of back and forth. They, uh, the last email I got was uh, Monday morning, and it was, you know, thanks for bringing this to our, you know, kind of a standard Ooh. response. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. We'll we'll get back to you. And I haven't heard from them. And so, you know, normally they're pretty quick about uh, at least um, coming up with a response, and I have not heard anything now going on three days. So I've got to follow up with them again tomorrow. Maybe, hey. maybe I'll do what Erica su- suggested. Is, cause normally I just do this through email, but I know there's an option to say call me. And every time I've, I've told them to do that, um, I've gotten, literally I've gotten a call, you know, I, I like I reach for my phone and it's ringing. So, you know, it's, it's been basically instantaneous. So I think that's what I'll do. Yeah, it works for me every time. So, well, that's, you know, I, it really worries me for when it comes time for Christmas when we're just doing, you know, straight-up retail arbitrage to Amazon, not even clearance and wholesale. Because, I mean, we were, I mean, even, like, catchphrases. I sold, uh, like, 15 of them at, like, $70 a piece, and right now they're back in stock at 20 Yeah, I accidentally ordered some. I just tried to cancel. It was too late, so I'll be throwing yeah. those out. Yeah, I don't worry really about my cancellation there. Well, I think in uh, Amazon's terms of service or whatever, 
they say that the customer is only supposed to have seven days for a price adjustment from the time they buy it. Whether or not they'll grant it outside of that, I don't know. Yeah, I just uh, the price adjustment is one thing, you know, for 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 their inventory, for Amazon's inventory. It's it just strikes me as a little big brotherish to uh, oh. for for yeah. them to be able to do that. Uh, you know, again, I'm sure it's in the terms of service. I'm sure we all click the box and agree to it. You know, like we do for you know every other service. <laughs> um, but. Uh, it it just it just strikes me. I don't know how that can be justified, just from a you know from a business sense. Uh, you know we're on their platform, we're on their we're at their mercy. I get all of that. I just um, I don't know. It just strikes me as uh, kind of counterintuitive that that uh, that that would be a business policy that um, you know that a publicly traded company would force its resellers to uh, accept. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and I didn't mean uh, in the terms of service that we agreed to. I meant for the customer. Like, supposedly the customer only has seven days mm-hmm. to get a price adjustment. I don't know if there is anything that we agreed to by signing up. I don't know. I didn't read through all of it. <laughs> you know, so well, we, we must. Uh, you know, there must be something in there that gives them the right to do it. I mean, again, it's their platform. They can do whatever they want. Right. Um, so maybe maybe it's not necessarily in the terms of service, and they just say, you know, we're going to do it. it. It's it's our policy, uh, you know, regardless. But um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just crazy. I you know I, I you know this this was this was the this was that um, you know those uh, those Skylander things that were just ridiculous profit, and and I obviously lost out on because it took. Like like Blake said, it took forever to get checked in. So before it was well over a hundred dollars, and um, you know I just by by the time I they kind of got in there, you know they were selling um, at sixty bucks, and and I don't even think I was the low FBA. I think actually the low FBA was down in the upper forties, and there's probably one guy who who had it you know that low, but I think I was able to scrounge together you know at various. Walgreens, a total of eight. So, I mean, I figured, I mean, first of all, I, was, I consider myself lucky that I actually found eight of them. And, um, you know, I essentially liquidated them for $60, which is just outrageous. So I felt pretty good about it. You know, I, I have nothing to complain about. Um, but they would have sold for more if, obviously, if it wasn't for the weather and I could have gotten in, you know, uh, you know more quickly. Do you guys all source at Walgreens? No. No, I just tried. I didn't even get a single chaos trap after going to tons. Uh, Leo just got really lucky. Yeah, yeah, they they, they sent them all to my stores. Um, <laughs> uh, but but then you know, but then there are things that um, people post, uh, you know, finds you know, you know, bolos uh, for for Walgreens that um, that I've looked. I've got literally eleven Walgreens within a fifteen minute drive. None of them are more than a fifteen minute drive from my house. Yeah, it's like I I live in this in the epicenter of this this uh, route of, of Walgreens, and I can just literally go from one you know from from one to another, and they take about you know five to seven minutes each to get from uh, to get to each to each other, and um, and so I can make that loop, and and so there have been some 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 um, bolos that you know I haven't found, but 
Yeah, I mean, this month anyway, I've done it, and um, it's it's been pretty profitable. You know, I kind of go back to I'm tempted to do more RA just because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much on the table, uh, even in my my city, which is, you know, basically a big town, small city, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. Um, and, um, but, uh, I just, I just don't know if I, if I, and especially now with the VA, you know, being able to, to transfer more to online arbitrage, I just don't know if I want to, uh, spend a lot of time back in stores doing RA. You know what? I, I, I just, I look at that, but you know what? I'm finding items like I bought, I bought an entire shipment where everything was a three times. I know, I know. That's the thing is, is the profit, is it the profit margin, you know, doing RA? Uh, unless you're Erica, because she she seems to be the only person that can find <laughs> online arbitrage deals at 300% margins. But, uh, but, but, but RA is so profitable, and so yeah. you know, it's kind of tempting not to pick that low-hanging fruit. You know what? I'm looking at it as RA for right now is my way to get where I want to be, but it's not the end. It's not where I want to be. You know what I mean? Because it's such easy money. It's it is to pass up. Yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm going to treat it as. Because same same thing. It's it's just a kind of a where I'm what I need to do right now to make money, right? Yeah. The means to the end. Well, Leo, you could get some of those broke Florida State college students to do some sourcing for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we've got plenty of them. That's for sure. Well, I, I think we talked about, you know, kind of doing a, I forget what that service is, if you just kind of hire someone locally to do a part-time job, but kind of doing what, uh, yeah. what that Chris Potter, I think, Chris, you were just talking about, you know, what Potter was saying. It sounds like exactly what we were talking about months ago, which is just hire someone to walk through every single aisle and scan everything, although he did it a little bit differently looking at sales, uh, looking at the sales uh, flyers from every week. But, yeah, same concept, sure. Yeah, but I get a quick question. Why would he have to actually send someone in the store if he already knew what the price was? That every sale is advertised. Yeah, but exactly. still, like a like any big grocery store, that's like twenty pages of ads. Well, and and that's to do it. And and that's the stuff that you know. Quite frankly, the stuff that's in the flyers is the stuff that gets flooded into FBA. Um, yeah. With with a bunch of with a bunch of sellers because that's that's available to everyone. But you go the the extra mile and just say you know scan scan things that have um, you know like a little sales sticker on it, but that's not uh, that's not in the in the weekly flyer. Well, mm. not everyone's going to do that. Cool guys. Well, anybody else? Um... I was uh, going to jump off here. Anybody else want to add anything? No. Oh, I would like to share some very good news. Um, we have signed a lease on a house that is three times the size of our apartment with a garage and a driveway and on a quarter acre, and I'm so excited. We're moving next week, and oh, I will place. have the full bottom floor for my business. Yeah. Like, it will be the shipping center will no longer be within arm's reach of my bed. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Congrats so, for you. And, and then um, another like 
I've been having kind of a, a part-time gal that's retired come in and help me do shipments. Um, and my health was really up and down. And this week I had a really bad week. And um, it just this information just kind of collided together. It was really interesting because um, one of my best friends in the world that we've done cosmetics together for years, um, she decided to leave her job and um, do freelance makeup somewhere else. And then she's like, yeah, I've seen something like on Mondays and Tuesdays. I'm like, well, those are my primary work days. And you're one of the few people I think that is as smart as I am in this. So I think I'm going to train you to do my job so that at least if I'm down or I would love to say on vacation, but if I'm down and out, I can have somebody running the business and knowing what she's doing that I completely 100% trust. And she can network the house and everything. So um, I, I right now I am sitting in a place where I feel very, very fortunate um, to be able to, to say the things I just did. I mean, like, wow, I didn't think six months ago we'd be here, but we are. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. So no more fighting the apartment complex to get my packages. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Ryan, I wanted to ask you a quick question. With your business, with you working for a bank, or does anybody know a lot about getting mortgages? Um, I mean, I've yeah, had so a couple of mortgages, so. <laughs> um, it's not my forte. I mean, I, yeah, so I, I used as a personal banker, I used to refer folks to mortgage bankers um, for that kind of thing. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely put you in touch with, uh, I actually use, the funny, I used to work, you know, I've worked for Chase the last nine years. The last two times I've refinanced, um, most recently, actually in December, to actually cut my rate and lower my term, um, I use a broker outside. I actually used to work with Chase. I used to work with him pretty closely. He's a broker now for a company called Guaranteed Rate, which is pretty big here in Chicago. I don't know if they're, I think they are kind of national, but um, what are you trying to find out, Chris? What's that? What are you trying to find out, Chris? Um, okay, well, so me and the girlfriend um, are looking to get a house. Um, in Mayish to sometime between May and July, kind of vague on the times. Um, I'm making enough money in ca- like my profits like about a thousand bucks a week, so that's not bad. And she's going to be able to help me full time right now. She's a student teacher, so she's totally busy all the time. So my money will only go up. Um, I'm hoping to get some savings up because right now I'm using all of my savings every month for Amazon stuff. Besides my paying myself, so my savings are like a couple grand. It's nothing major. Um, so what I'm trying to figure out is a, like I know because I'm self-employed, I'm kind of going to get boned on a mortgage. Um, I'm probably going to really need to have a high, um, a high payment. down payment, and my rate's probably going to be pretty bad. But I'm young. She's 21. I'm 27. So I think it's very possible for us to like get a 40-year mortgage. And the places I was looking at, I was looking at a condo, it's about $65,000 to buy this condo. So it's not that expensive. And if I really could pay it off in a year or two, with Amazon, it's kind of not that outside the realm of possibility to pay off a house like that. So I just, I have a lot of questions that are like, is, is there a way that I could just get into a place as cheap as possible? Is there a repayment? Penalty, like I don't know, I, I got a ton of questions. 
Yeah, yeah. You, probably, you probably need to talk to, like, a, bank, a mortgage banker, a mortgage broker. Uh, get, with self-employed, they're going to look for at least two years of earnings history. Um, and so that could kill you right there just if you don't have the history. Um, they can't use that. I mean, however, though, you said your girlfriend's a teacher? Yeah. Correct? So, right, well, she's so, a student teacher. Okay, student teacher. So does she have income? That How how is her? Is no, that's not her. No, she not. She has all the fun of teaching with none of the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's going to I mean, that's gonna really hurt you right there, to be honest with you, because there's no history. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, all mortgages nowadays are pretty much full documentation. Um, yeah. I would encourage you to go to your local, like, credit union or small bank and explain to them your exact scenario and just be like, just tell them to be honest with you and say, is it possible? Because a lot of this stuff is not bank-regulated or bank uh, choice. It's like it's federally, federally regulated. So, yeah. you may, I mean, you're going to face the same thing wherever you wherever, uh, wherever you may go, but a, but a smaller bank may be more flexible with that or credit yeah. union. So, and the higher, uh, and bottom line, the, the higher your um, your equity uh, down payment, you know, the the higher the um, yeah. chance you have of of getting approved, you know, anywhere because at that point, at that point, you're essentially the bank then has, you know, equity in the house from day one, yeah. right? So you could you could literally default the next day, and the bank will just suddenly be in ownership of your down payment. So you know that's not a bad return on investment for them. But yeah. it's it's got to be a pretty high amount, you know, unless unless like you like Ryan said, you have, um, you know, the the, the work history and um, the the income history, the and and a, and a good credit score, of course. Yeah, my credit score is awful. Um, my credit score is like right around six hundred, so it's pretty bad. Um, kind of the pro the thing is is like where I want to live I found this condo I calculated out my mortgage rate like using like poor credit and stuff and basically if it's a forty thousand dollar mortgage um, I would probably end up with a mortgage payment of about 280 a month plus a homeowner's fee I'm looking at like eight hundred dollars a month for a two-bedroom condo <laughs> whereas I could get a apartment a two-bedroom condo for and that includes all utilities okay I can get a, an apartment for nine fifty a month with uti- plus utilities. So you know you're looking at eleven to twelve hundred right there. Yeah. So you know it I really can... makes sense to buy. I, I was going to take him back to the credit score piece. I I've heard my loan officer say the minimum like an FHA I think is like six twenty five maybe. Yeah. So again, I would I would talk to a I would go to your local place, tell them your, I mean, be be upfront and honest with them, don't bullshit them, and uh, yeah. tell them your scenario because you know, the you know, and just be honest with you. And and if if you know, if it's not if it's a no right now, then tell them what do you need to do to get to a yes, or what do you need to, like improve your credit, pay off any charge offs, anything like that. I mean, that's what I would encourage you to do. Yeah, I don't have too many well, charge offs. What it is is I just have I don't use credit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's 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 a part of the beast, right? You just catch twenty two. You, you got to use it. Yeah. To, to, yeah. To what it was was I had student loans and I just paid them. Like 
that was kind of the thing that really hurt me. I had like a $5,000 student loan, and I paid for it in cash. And that actually really negatively affected my credit. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, I know this is this renting and, and the mortgage thing isn't the same thing, but, you know, just getting into a rental with using my income um, was very difficult as I've only been doing this since April of last year, so not even a whole year, right? And I had this guy kept asking for more and more and more and more information, and then he, like, couldn't comprehend what I was doing. So there's a guy that, like, just couldn't get his head wrapped around how I was bringing so much cash in every month and how much I, how I had so much money in the bank, and then um, we're basically doubling our rent going into this new place, and um, we can afford it. It's fine. But it was just, like, having to prove to the, just – to rent to, to the sky was a huge, like, week-long task. So even renting, you know, being an FBA or whatever we call ourselves, you know, is is difficult to, to legitimize in some people's eyes. So It would almost be at a point with rent that I could pay the years of rent up front. Right. Cash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or six months yeah. of it at least. Yeah, I mean, I ha- I'm in the same situation where I, I could definitely do that today, right? But um, there's o- I think there's a-, a piece that people don't understand or maybe they've seen people not follow through, but just purely renting was a huge issue trying to get into this place. So, you know, and, and I could show them, hey, I-, I, can- I can put down six months right now or I can put down three months right now, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I'll not, well, not speak from experience on the bank side. I mean, and, and, and this is a negative to you guys, right? You guys are outliers, and that's a good thing. But you're just outliers from, you know, like a bank, it has to fit into a box. It has to fit into this, this, this you know, this square peg into a square hole, and you guys are a round peg, and it's not fitting. And, and what you're doing is, like, legitimate, and you're making money, but the bank just doesn't see it that way. And yeah, and I yeah. speaking from experience. I work with clients all day long. Same exact scenario. You're about to become one of us. So get your affairs in order, this We've got two yeah. weeks. Oh, and shit. you, and oh, you yeah. know how many drinks I've had for you tonight? I've had, I've, I've had a few as well. As my, as my speech may be leading on to me. I don't know. Oh, it's funny. Well, congratulations. So, so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we'll see in about two months if it's congratulations and I'm like, oh, I gotta look for a job or uh, no, but this is this is it, guys. So yeah, I appreciate the support and um, with that one the call. What's that? Maybe your wife is real supportive. Yeah, I mean, I was trust me, I had to get the buy-in from her. That was like one of the first people I'd be <laughs> like, hey, hey, I mean, she knew obviously about the whole thing, and but it was like, hey, I want to do this, and you know, so we had a nice. Took her out for a nice dinner and, uh, <laughs> you know, sweet talked her and uh, got, got the okay. So, yeah, no, she's she's supportive and she's willing to try it. I, I think she's somewhat, I don't want to say skeptical. I just, I, I think she's just worried, like, what if it doesn't work? But, you know, it's it's a blip in my life. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's fine. I could find another job tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, it, I'm, you know, got to try it. So I'm excited about it. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, huge congrats, man. Thanks. All right, all. You have a great night. Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks for the great call. Yeah, see you guys later. See you guys. Bye.